Hey guys, this is Sam coming at you from the top of the episode to talk to you guys about our Patreon. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays if you'd like to support the show. Um, $2 gets you um, a special bonus podcast and some other goodies. So um, check it out. And thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And here is the show. Master Moira, this is Sneaky Snack. Is Colonel Colon available for compression chat transformation? Sorry, my stealthy friend, but Colonial is cleansing his colon with Psycho Samantha and Manny Lingus. Can I put Naomi Watts on the line? Patch her through. Very pleased to meet you. Look, I've got a real live wire here, and he's ready to detonate a cornucopia of nuclear rockets and a whole platoon of classic German ground troops. Is there anything that the boys back home can do to help me out here? You're playing a dangerous game here. If you're trying to blackmail me... This is useless. Put Sagittarius on the line. Sag speaking. He, him, her, his house hunts. And to you, Shaharla Sharkalarper, the one who dances with the wind... Do we have the whereabouts of Slippy and the shape-shifting soccer mother? Not at this moment, no, but it turns out that Large Mother of Three was a quadriplegic and quadruple agent. I should have known, given how much difficulty she had getting around the battlefield. Put Moira back on the horn. Serpent! I just got wind that Fragility Snakes and all of West Berlin are on the move. Do you have the detonation codes firmly transplanted into your fake molar? I do. And what of the emergency backup plans, old son? Hot shit! Is that oscillating osprey my old step pepper? In the flesh and the blood. How did you get the frequency to this line? Oh, the men's room at the Route 66 just up the road. Shit. What is it that you want, osprey? Money? Fame? Colonial colon's sexually repressed and ultimately unattainable niece-turned-secret daughter? I just want you to listen to the podcast, Mr. Snake. And leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to episode number 90 of Metal Gear Mondays, the Games Club Fuck. podcast, Whoa, where we cover all things Sorry. Metal Gear, from left to right, <laughs> top to bottom, inside and out, in pseudo-historical recreational order. As always, I'm your host, Leslie Summerfield, and this week I'm joined by Who Spoke Out? There's 90 of them! It's Sam! What the fuck? What yeah. are we doing? <laughs> 10 episodes to 100. Oh, man. That's my... That's my uh my uh, metal band's new name 10 steps to 100 or 10 episodes to 100 mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. and we're it's also like joined one, by one level above five finger death punch oh i thought it was it's one it's 90 who's that boy it's isaac what's up isaac <laughs> <laughs> yikes yeah so this is episode 90 we're uh we're getting on close uh episode number one appears to have broken a thousand plays on uh buzzsprout so that's exciting for us um, and we had uh, 1,750 listeners in the last seven days. How awesome is that, you guys? That's, That's a lot. Yeah, I went to this <laughs> stats thing because I'm trying to see. I really, 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 really wish that our aggregator 
would tell us how many hours of this show there are, but I can't find it. I desperately I almost want, don't to know. want to I almost don't want to know. Yeah, well, while, while, to count. while one of you guys are listening, I might uh, I might crunch the number of minutes uh, in a calculator app and uh, secretly drop that stat towards the end of the episode. But until Cause that like, day... Because, like, if you think about it, like, that's all all the hours that we've spent on the show. Oh, yeah. And not even including... Are, are not, I was going to say, are not even counted in the, the timestamps of the shows, and then we've done all the Patreon stuff. Oh yeah, not to not to uh, not include the uh, editing hours as well. Yeah, the editing hours too. There was one time me and Alessio recorded an episode together. I can't. No, it was it was an episode. It was me. It was the three of us. And afterwards, Isaac got off, and then me and me and Alessio just stayed on Skype, posting confused Travolta gifts back and forth for like an hour. Oh, and I was crying of laughter. Yeah, it was so funny. And that that that's Metal Gear Monday's time because that's, right. that's what we do here. Well, don't forget that uh, there was that one time that we had to re-record an entire episode. Yep. So. yep. But oh, anyway. I, I think we've had to do that a couple times, actually, right? Once. Uh, I was in a closet. Just once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were in a closet. That's right. I remember. <laughs> I'm glad that you're not in that closet anymore, Isaac. Um, <laughs> and uh, this week, we've got something special. Uh, this is coming at you guys, I think, the day before New Year's, if I remember correctly. So, really? first of all... Uh, May all good habits be forgot. I can't remember how that song goes. Uh, all old acquaintance be forgot. forgot and and uh, Billy Crystal kiss Meg Ryan. And all the acquaintance be forgot. And all the acquaintance. And no living sign. Uh, Come on, guys. Yay. So that's kind of like celebrating New Year's with us. <laughs> we did. Um, hey, we, do you guys we both did want it. to be my New Year's? Do you guys both want to be my New Year's kiss at the same time? Uh, I'm not going to uh, be yeah. near you, unfortunately, Sam, or else I would say yes. You can make it. That's how true. You, we'll make how, it happen. How, how, how sure of you are that? Pretty sure, hopefully. How sure of that are you? Hopefully. <laughs> wow. That's fine. Uh, yeah, hopefully if all goes according to plan while you're listening to this, I'm going to be in Munich. Uh, so... Anybody in Munich who's a listener of this show, uh, <laughs> maybe keep an ear out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just to kind of give you somebody guys. somebody <laughs> that sounds strangely like Alessio is probably Alessio. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we wanted to do something special and fun to kind of see the year out. And here we are doing some parody games. Uh, one of them is explicitly just a parody game. The other two are holiday-themed parody games, which is why we timed this out to go live when it did. Um, and so the games that we're going to be covering are uh, we are covering 2017's Never Stop Sneakin', 2006's Merry Gear Solid, and then 2009's follow-up Merry Gear Solid 2, Ghosts of Christmas Past. Um, it's going to be a spooky and yet festive good time. Um, but yeah, so we're pretty excited to talk about those. I know originally we uh, had mentioned that we were going to be talking about... Um, what's it? Who's it? Uh, we had mentioned that we were going to be talking about um, Stealth Bastard. But instead, we got in some last-minute entries from you guys, the listeners, and uh, we wanted to include three special um, listener responses since this is sort of the uh, end of the show for a while. So expect that at the end of the episode. But before we dig into that, 
let's talk about the news. It's time for new, new, new news. Metal Gear News! Yeah! So we are here. We're talking about the news. Uh, first and foremost, let's uh, we got to tackle the thing that's on everybody's lips, or at least was yeah. as of circa 12-17-2018. Uh, Hideo Kojima in New York is being sought out by one Mr. Kanye West. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, do we have any confirmation on whether or not they actually met? Does anybody know? I don't know if there's confirmation. Jeff Keeley was like, dude, I not going to lie. I was pretty upset about that. I was like, Jeff, you shut your fucking mouth and go back in your hole. Like, don't you dare do this. (laughs) Go back in your Hideo hole. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Were you guys excited about it? Uh, I'm kind of scared to be honest. (laughs) I'm not excited about anything that Kanye West. Oh no. Like I'm going to say something probably that a lot of people are going to think I'm an asshole for. I kind of like Kanye's music. Um, Why is so that? I mean, I, I like his music too. Yeah, but like, especially I, given the current state like of Kanye, music. I think a lot of people are kind of boycotting his music. Yeah, his, uh, I used to like his music. I haven't been interested in his music for a very long time, though. And yeah. then he's mm-hmm. kind of just this fucking psychopath, and I uh, now I just don't partake in him. Ever. <coughs> Apologies, I'm still getting over my illness. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Like, what the fuck would they even talk about? I feel like Kojima would just be confused. Probably, so or maybe he he's the he's the person we, that needs that we need to um, understand. Oh God, can you imagine if Kanye somehow like influenced Death Stranding? I feel like that's like my worst nightmare. Like Kanye West's what? mother ends up in Death Stranding. He's oh God, he's in the game. What forever? He's literally like his spirit is in the game. <laughs> I want a Kanye West spirit in Smash Brothers. What if uh, what if we're all playing Death Stranding, we're covering it for the show, everything's super serious, we're like weeping because it gets like really emotional, the end credits are about to roll, and then, ah, 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 and like power just starts playing, and it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, Is this what that was about? Me. Like that son of a bitch fucking stupid kanye puts out an album and like the lead track as like a, a hook about the lolly lulelo and it's just like all right i'm, I'm done now but anyway um i feel like we kind of you guys feel good on that are we good on the, are we good on yeah, the, uh, I'm good. after I'm my good bad power me. joke are we good with the with the news we item good. we good all right so let's move on to the next one sam i think you want to be the one to chauffeur us into this territory I do want to show first into this story. Or this story. <laughs> into um, this story? That's a Freudian I want, I, slip. That is a Freudian slip. I want. That's my. Be- that's my best friend. <laughs> if, you, if you recall. If you recall. Um, Cody and Brandy Rhodes, um, who are. Can you, can you give us a little Cody. bit of background on who Cody Rhodes is? Because I yeah. just discovered right. some hot shit about him earlier today that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Oh yeah. So yeah, so for us not keen yeah, to the so, wrestling facts, hit us so, up with who that is. So I am, um, as as some people know, a very big professional wrestling fan, um, and a couple people gave us like pr- presented this information to us as if I uh, as if I didn't know already. <laughs> come the fuck on! Um, <laughs> wow. Um, one of which was Craven Knight, our listener Craven Knight, who, Sweet baby uh, who Craven. is a is a professional wrestler himself. Um, uh, 
Cody Rhodes is um, a professional wrestler who is the son of uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, um, who is a famous uh, professional wrestler um, in, you know, the, the territory days and in WCW and things of that nature. Um, so Cody used to work for the WWE. He left um, a couple years ago and he's killing it on the independent wrestling scene currently. Um, and one of the bigger independent wrestling companies, uh, if you could call it independent at this point, is Ring of Honor. And um, Ring of Honor held their um, one of their sh- the final show of the year, final battle um, pay-per-view. <coughs> um, and uh, Cody and his wife, Brandy, um, came out um, dressed as Venom Snake and the boss, um, which was super cool. And Yeah, her Cody boss outfit's pretty sick. Cool. Her boss outfit is pretty sick. And she's she's got she's got those boobies, Isaac. So oh no, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't look. I did not look. Wow. <laughs> you should click on that link and tell me what you think. <laughs> oh no, uh, I like that. Live. I like that rhyme. Click I that like link. Thinking. Tell me what you think. All right. So what? Uh, a... So what? Oh, he's clicking on. It. I see his. I see oh. his name on the. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. No. Uh, I like the. Uh, I, I like it so far. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's up on stage yeah she's got her arms around the uh what do you call it the uh the ring if you will yeah yep oh, oh isaac did you bouncing. press play on the video huh yeah yeah, yeah. oh very nice what, what do you what do you mean <laughs> i don't know uh, apparently uh sam did you did i totally stroke out in the middle of this uh, in the in the middle of this episode did you just tell us about cody earlier about like his relation <laughs> Yeah, to Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, and Gold Dust. Did you talk about Gold Dust? Yeah, and Gold. Yeah, his, yeah, Gold Dust is his brother. There we go, half brother. Yeah, half. Well, yeah, half brother. Like, Very he, weird. Like, I, yeah, Gold Dust. They're they're sons of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, he's brothers with Gold Dust. It's a little nuts. Um, bef- before we dive into these next two news items, I promise that uh, I haven't been what's the word negligent father with the newborn while you guys were talking. Um, I was just oh. doing a little quick crunching, and guess what I discovered? We as of this episode, have recorded 138 hours of Metal Gear Mondays. Oh, wow. God. And if you want to know what that is, hours. that's 5.75 days. <laughs> no, don't say that. Of us talking. <laughs> you could almost listen to us for a full seven-day week. Yeah, and you could pretty much just double that, and that's probably like the amount of prep time and edit mm-hmm. and everything that's gone in. So it's like Does roughly that, like 272. Does that include the... Um, 276 the the patreon it does not include the patreon so add oh man so 138 add like roughly 13 to 14 hours on top of that Oof, that's a lot (laughs) that's a lot so that's yeah that's news i guess um my other news item is i found an idroid phone case cover that's pretty functional um but holy shit there's a lot of listings that around this price they're all 1800 dollars on ebay that's so many money. That's I know. I just don't what? even. The cheapest one on Amazon is like nine hundred dollars. I just don't like what what. Uh, this is yeah, just a phone case. Yeah, I'm assuming that it shipped with a copy, of, like a version of the game, at one point in time oh. for five. But like now, I don't know. It came up whenever I was looking up the Cody and Brandy Rhodes uh, thing. Yeah, it was huh. very weird. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this hard, hard time satire piece, which I'm sure will probably be about two weeks old by the time this comes out. But um, hard times, if you guys don't know, is sort of like an onion esque uh, website. Um, they usually do really good, funny like music writing. 
typically, mm-hmm. like talking about like different musicians and stuff. Uh, but they put a satire piece up that said that uh, the Metal Gear Solid board game that releases in 2019 is going to ship with a 2,000 page dialogue book. <laughs> um, Sounds about right. Yeah. Which uh, uh, quite a few people on our Facebook page and other parts of the internet seem to think wasn't a satire piece until they opened it. Oh, no. So <laughs> I guess people assume that that must be the case. I mean, I mean, it's par for the course. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, did anybody have any other uh, quick little news blurbs before we move on? Um, not related to Metal Gear, but oh. what, what, I can talk about. What do you got? I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse last night. Oh, oh. was it good? Oh, so good. You should watch it. Really? If only for the fact that it has, I think, probably the best post-credits scene in any Marvel movie ever. Yeah, I spoiled it for myself, and it sounds hilarious, so I can't wait to see it. It's It's so good. I might uh, make some time, carve some time out in the morning on Friday to go see it while Kristen's at work, because I I doubt it'll still be in theaters whenever I come back Mm. from being overseas, so. It's, uh, it's, the movie itself, it's a, it's a phenomenal movie, um, soundtrack bumps, like, it's a really good movie, you should see it. Nice, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, I don't know if a lot of listeners know this about me, um, I am a very, very hardcore, or at least was a very hardcore Spider-Man fan, um, Mm. until I got to, like, 15, 16. Uh, roughly. Um, but I honestly, other than homecoming and maybe Spider-Man two have not been the biggest fan of the movies. Um, Mm -hmm. so when I saw the trailer for into the spider verse, I was like, fuck, I actually really want to see that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's fantastic. So cool. Well, that sounds good. Do you guys want to, uh, start talking about these parody games, uh, with, uh, never stop sneaking. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Woo. Cool. So yeah, this game. Um, so Sam, fun fact: Hi. you're the you were the first person on this podcast to 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 take the plunge and jump into this one. Um, yep. I remember when I was visiting visiting you in Seattle in January of 2018, um, almost a year ago. Holy shit! Um, you had it on your Switch and you were playing it in your bed, and I was like, "Oh, I've been curious about that game." And so I watched you play a little bit of it. Um, tell me about your experience. Uh, why'd you buy it? What'd you think about it? I think I actually, I think I bought it because of a conversation that we had had, because I don't think I knew that it was a thing until we had talked about it. Um, mm. And so I checked it out. Um, um, and I, and I bought it as like 15 bucks. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm, Cause I had just gotten the switch pretty about like maybe six months before. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for stuff to buy for it. So I bought that for it. And, and yeah, um, it's, uh, it, it pretty fun, uh, mm-hmm. if a little repetitive and long, um, oh, especially towards the end. Good God. Yeah. Very much towards the end. Um, um, it was, you know what? I'm going to do this. Uh, never stop sneaking was a game it came out in 2017. It was developed by <laughs> humble hearts. Um, who, uh, who are known for, um, dust and Elysian tale, which is like, uh, furry, slide scroller beat em up game <laughs> with magic. Yep. Um, that's a, that's the best way to describe that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was published, uh, by Hyperduck based in, uh, Ireland, um, a music company who worked on Aries and dust. 
came out for the PC, iPhone, iPad, and the Nintendo Switch. I actually didn't um, realize it, that it was out on iOS devices until putting the notes together for this show, to be honest. I didn't either. Yeah, um, I didn't either. You want to know how I discovered it had touch controls? I was, uh, uh, fun fact, you will discover that this game is sponsored for me by a television program um, because I was literally watching seasons and seasons and seasons of the Great British Baking Show nice. while playing this game. Um, but at one point, I wasn't really paying attention to uh, the game, and not because I didn't do my due diligence, but because, holy shit, does this game copy-paste everything. Um, I looked up from the Switch for a second and didn't realize, but I was actually like, I put my finger on the screen and was just kind of holding a direction, and I looked down and I was like, oh, my guy's moving. <laughs> so, like, you can play this whole game, like, with the touch screen if you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, sorry, Sam, I'll let you continue. Um, the, the, it's, it's a top down kind of like, uh, stealth dungeon crawly. It kind of looks and, and plays like pretty much like other than the shoulders for the inventory. Um, it looks pretty damn spot on Metal Gear Solid one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, can see that. You can't press yourself against walls. Um, you can't do anything except for move i think yeah Yeah. everything's done for you automatically so like you take out guards you take out um take out cameras and stuff automatically so you essentially just have to move around and avoid things yeah Um, like essentially if you've got if you've got in your inventory the items that you need to do the thing it will just do it yeah so um and i don't if, know if you get spotted and you have things that can stop you from being spotted it'll do that automatically for you and use one of your things so mm-hmm. yeah it kind of like when you're doing well it kind of feels like a metal gear solid hotline miami mashup i think yeah yeah the uh, one thing that i did like about it is that the as i as i played it um and got better at it like my favorite thing to do is just like bump through these levels and see how fast i can get it done with and just like like as it, not not because I was trying to like hurry it up and get it over with, but because like that's the challenge, you know, to see how fast you can mm-hmm. do it. Um, Isaac, before we kind of talk about it more in depth, um, do you sure. want to give us kind of like your general overview, like your thoughts? What'd you play it on? Um, I got it on the Switch because um, I was going on a trip and I was I was like I need to start playing this game, so <laughs> that was the quickest and dirtiest way to. To get it rolling and yeah it was it was fun um the first i guess the first um your first experience is is kind of fun it's like new and it's not very hard i would say but as you get further up uh, and you get further on it's like you know you start building things and then you keep building things and then you're you're you keep asking yourself, when am I going to stop building things? <laughs> and the answer is never, never, <laughs> never. It's like much what like, is this land? It's like just, it just keeps yeah, much going. Much like how often you 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 must sneak. Yeah, you must never stop never building. Must never stop sneaking. <laughs> yeah, we'll and talk about like, sort of the mechanics as well here in a second. Yeah, but, but I just uh, I just feel like the levels should have maybe been shorter and concise. Like I, I guess I'm echoing what you guys are saying, but like. A lot of them are just like four, I guess what you could say is uh, 
base levels, and then each one has three or so, two or three um, sub levels. Mm-hmm. And one. Well, and that's whole, that's the issue. It's like as you progress through the game, at first it's one level with three sub levels, yeah, and then sort of to quote unquote add difficulty, or I'm not really quite sure what the point is. They just keep tacking on more and more and more, and so whenever you get sent to pick up like resources for your home base. Um, which like it, I don't know. It seems like an incentive enough building up your base, but like well, you get to a certain point as you build up your base where you can't progress any further. And so they'll send you out on, on like, Hey, go pick up X, Y, Z so we can expand the base. Um, mm-hmm. and at first it's like, okay, I'm doing three quick little levels. This is fun. And then it becomes six levels and then it becomes nine. And then by Ugh. the time you get to like the last part of the game, it literally becomes 12, to 15 levels per mission (laughs) and so like and dude i'm not even kidding because it's so repetitive i would kind of zone out while watching tv and what ended up happening was i would miss the fucking sub level that the item was on and you can't go back and so on some of them i would play 15 levels and then have to play another 15 levels oh god yeah dude it was and like that's on me like I can't blame the game for that like that's 100% on me <laughs> um but at the same time it's just like dude th- there has never been a better game to play while watching television because this mm-hmm. game is like you play it with one thumb and you hardly have to pay attention right mm-hmm. it's uh i don't know i and it's weird to say that and then in the same breath say but i kind of liked it well, I think I think the aesthetic of it was like very charming I, because like I mean it's it's meant to parody Metal Gear. Like that's the whole point of the game is it's a Metal Gear. It's a it's a love letter to Metal Gear um, at the same time as it's calling out Metal Gear for how goofy it is. Yeah, and specifically Metal Gear and Solid th- One. Yeah, specifically, and that's the reason why I think I I like it, even though it is very repetitive. One of the things I did want to mention is that the colonel in this game is voiced by um, Aaron Hansen, aka Eagle Raptor. Oh yeah, um, who is uh, who is of course the the proprietor of the Metal Gear Awesome series, among other things. It's um, pretty funny, I, and like the cutscenes yeah. and the dialogue and stuff are, are are pretty funny. Like they're not. Yeah, I didn't find myself like laughing out loud, but like I smirked. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's which is better than a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the. You guys want to talk about the plot? Of course. I mean, yeah, it's pretty razor thin plot. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, let's talk about sort of it's the pretty the, funny the setup. Yeah. So what's his name? Major Milestone is that who Aaron plays? I think so. I think that so, sounds yeah. right. Yeah. So and they have the classic like don't have any eyes, but they have like indentations and like shadow <laughs> where their eyes should be, and like they don't move their mouths. Um, but it opens with like, uh, it's like, we're just off the coast of some Island. It could, it could literally be like shadow Moses. Um, and we're on a, um, aircraft carrier and, um, major milestone is talking to, I guess, does the agent have a name? Um, I don't recall. Does I'm pretty, yeah, he does. Um, the main character has a name. I can't remember. I think he just keeps referring to him as like agent. Doesn't he? I think so. I, I'm not sure. Okay. Isaac, you, you can keep spot checking us while we, while we go through. Um, but essentially, the, the, the premise is this guy named Gildenstern. 
Amadeus Guildenstern has gone that's back. Why, that's why I don't think that he has a name, because, like, Major Milestone Amadeus Guildenstern. Like, I remember those names. Oh, yeah. Right? They're insane. <laughs> um, but Amadeus Guildenstern has created a time machine and has... <laughs> Has kidnapped literally all of the presidents, <laughs> and he's holding including the bad all ones. of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> including the bad all ones. Of them. And he's he's holding all of them hostage until his demands are met, which he wants to become the president. Is that right? Yeah, so. forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's forever right. Forever president. And so, what you have to do is at first you're building a base to encroach on Guildenstern's plans, and then the plan eventually becomes to build your own time machine so that you can go back to the timeline, the appropriate timeline, and arrest Guildenstern before he can build his time machine. Um, and there are a lot of jokes about like Major Milestone describing the different timelines and stuff like that. There are some very, very, very funny cutscenes where in the middle of the de- description that Major Milestone gives you, you start seeing black and white real life camera footage of like people in offices. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. 100% Metal Gear and it kills me. Um, there's some pretty good stuff. I will say the one Metal Gear idiosyncrasy that I did not like. Wow. Hideosyncrasy. Um, never put that together until just now. <laughs> uh, um, one of the idiosyncrasies that I really didn't actually find super funny. I just kind of found it annoying was the title screen has like a fake snake eater song. It's like the yeah, never stop sneaking. Very theme. close. It's so fucking loud when you boot the game up, like no matter what your volume is at and like, mm-hmm. I just kind of found it obnoxious after the first time. Um, Agreed. But yeah, yeah. The, the game kind of feels like if somebody made a video game based on one of the skits we wrote for this podcast. <laughs> and just like, and then made the game like 11 hours long. Yeah. Like this game's long as fuck, you guys. I think my total playtime was like, I, I played through the game and then I played through the beginning of it in the, sort of the new game plus just to unlock the last two characters that I had left to unlock. And I mm-hmm. think my final playtime was like between nine and ten and a half hours. Jeez. Which is crazy given the type of gameplay that this game has. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, in theory, if you think about it, like if I explained the game to you in concept and then told you, and it's 11 hours long, you'd be like, ah, oh, sick. But then, like, after a while, it's like, oh, this could have been good as, like, five hours long, even. Well, because it's, like, every time you go on a mission, so it kind of takes on this, like, roguelite feature to it, where, like, kind of like your, like, Bindings of Isaac, or your, like, rogue legacies, or Enter the Gungeon, or whatever kind of roguelike game that you enjoy, which I typically do enjoy those kinds of games, um... You'll go out on a mission in this game and you start at zero with like power ups and stuff. And then by mm-hmm. the time you get to the end of those levels, you have to have kind of collected power ups as you've progressed. And depending on how developed your base is, you actually have access to a few new power ups. But I feel like the, the frequency of power ups that they introduce isn't enough. They don't really add any new verbs. So it's like the power-ups don't make you do new things. They just kind of mm-hmm. augment the things that you're already doing. They make um, you which like, get through it faster, I guess. Yeah, which like the fun of Binding of Isaac is like every time you pick up a power-up, it changes how the game plays. Yeah. 
Um, and this, it's like, it doesn't change anything. It just kind of boosts it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the big problem is like, once you're done with the missions, not only are the levels procedurally generated, but like you start back at zero again, every mission. So like, yeah. by, by the time no you, f- yeah. yeah, by the time you finish a mission, you're moving so fast and getting so much shit done and it feels great. That when you go back to start the next mission, you're like crawling in comparison. And you're just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Also, the the characters and the weapon unlocks, I mean, there's a lot of them, but do they, they don't really do anything. I yeah, think. they're just cosmetic, just, I think. Yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. It's kind of lame. But do you guys have a, do you guys have a favorite character or a weapon unlock? Um, I like the baseball bat. I think there was yeah. a baseball bat and a glove. Have um, you seen the janitor stuff? I like it's like a cleaning spray and a plunger. Oh god, <laughs> I like that one. I used the uh, banana. Oh There's yeah, a banana oh, in there somewhere. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry to to bring us back. Oh um, no, no, you're good. There's not a lot of information about this game out there. Yeah, I mean, so again, um, it's like hyper indie. Like this game was kind of released yeah. under the radar. I think a, f- a couple people wrote about it just because of the aesthetic, like reviews. But anyway, I'm looking at a walkthrough, and the guy's name is Agent Hummingbird. Oh, oh I remember. But I don't think you, it's ever mentioned again. It's just like yeah, it's like just at the top. Yeah. yeah. Isaac was bound and fucking determined to figure out what I was. this guy's name was. <laughs> Congratulations, Isaac. You get, get the uh, yeah, you get the uh, the most uh, invested okay. voice yeah. on the podcast award for Metal Gear Mondays number Never ninety. Stop sneaking! I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think my favorite character to unlock was uh, you can unlock. So we didn't talk about the bosses, which we definitely need to talk about. But you can unlock Vice President Helicopter as a character. <laughs> Wait, what? Really? Yeah, and instead of being uh. like a giant helicopter, it's like a really tiny, like miniature version. Um, it pretty much moves as if an invisible man is walking and carrying it. It's like what it looks like. <laughs> so good. Um, but I got the vice president helicopter, and uh, I enjoyed having like the 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 bow gun kind of deal, or like the janitor oh deal. God. But did you That's guys have amazing. any characters that you enjoyed? Um. Off the top of my head, I actually it's so I I didn't get a chance to like refresh myself for the for the episode, mm-hmm. um, so I'm struggling to remember them at the moment. But I'm sure I have several. After you, know you beat after you beat it, you can unlock Major Milestone and Guildenstern, and they're pretty fun to play with. Hang on, are you booting it up? Goddamn right, I'm booting <laughs> oh, it. Sam's no. booting it up. Isaac, do you have That's any favorites while Sam does that? Of the Nintendo um. I can't remember his name either, and I don't care to go down and get my switch <laughs> right now. Um, uh, there's so many to choose from. With yeah, so many know. indies on the Switch platform, I'm really kind of bummed out that there weren't more indies in uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah, true, true. I'm a hand. I'm a like Hyper Light Drifter would have been a fucking amazing Smash character. The what's her name from Battle Chef Brigade would have been dope too. Oh right. Oh man, we uh, can the, we can hear song. it. You hear it? You hear it? Yep. All right, Samothy. Uh, while you do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna let's uh, I, Isaac. Let's go through the bosses real quick because there's not a lot of them. 
Yeah. And then we'll have Sam circle back up. So, um, I'm just going to keep the music playing. While uh, you're fine. Uh, so the bosses, we just <laughs> mentioned Vice President Helicopter. Essentially, it's a helicopter that kind of roves around the space, and you have to hide behind some shipping containers, and then occasionally a rocket launcher will drop from the sky, and you just have to pick it up but and pop off a shot. Also, his name is Vice President Helicopter. Yeah, Vice President <laughs> Helicopter is great. It's kind of the the implication being that the, vi- that the helicopter is a president cracks me up <laughs> it's like from some weird alternate timeline um that's exactly what that is uh isaac can you tell us about one of the other hey. bosses offhand um, you got well i don't know what their names are you got um these big uh big baddies that is it two dudes in. it's two dudes yeah yeah it's shot and freud okay oh wow interesting so yeah. you've got you all just, these uh Massive shipping containers that you can hide behind, and they'll come searching for you and shooting at you, of course. And you just kind of like sneak and stab at yeah. them. And then we have a uh, Secretary of Education, Bobbert, <laughs> which, <I'm> pre- <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is a reference to the Secretary of Education that was talking about like shooting bears. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Oh, no. The like, what's her name? It was like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, who I'm talking yeah. about. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember the name. Yeah. she Not Secretary of Education, because that kind of implies like almost British style government. She was the. No, I guess Secretary of Education. I was thinking Minister of yeah. Education. Um, but yeah, so we have, she. We have one of those barely. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was just like a joke about that. But yeah, essentially it's the same as the Schadenfreude thing, except he's beefier, I guess. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, um, it's just one dude. I'm trying to think of the other bosses. There's the Doctor Acula, mm-hmm. which kind of cracks me up. Um, which one was that? He's the guy where you have to illuminate the terminals, oh, yeah. and then you have to lure Dr. him into the light. Acula. That's good. Um, there's the uh, the Sentinels or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're. Oh the yeah, are. the 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 little robots. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called either. I think it started I, out with like one or two, and then they they get they increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to activate like the little Tesla coils or whatever. Yeah, and then they run across them and get electrocuted, and you bash them up, mash them is up. It, is that all of them? Um, I feel like yeah. There's not a lot of bosses, which actually kind of frustrated me because like the pacing of the game, I kind of felt like there was going to be this big bad Amadeus battle at the end yeah. or something, and it just never happened. Oh. See, I I didn't beat the game because I was yeah, like it just uh, ends over it. Really? Like you build, yeah, you build the last item and then it just gives you like a cutscene and like that's it. What? Yeah, and I then it we'll just like about it. throws you back in. Like at the end, it's just like, what are you gonna do now, Major Milestone? And he's like, an a-, a good agent never stops sneaking. And then it just like <laughs> oh, cuts no. to credits, and I was like, God <laughs> damn it! Did they but, at least get the presidents? Yeah, it's like it all happens off screen. They like the the cutscenes only ever only have the two dudes in them ever. Yeah, that's true. Like you get, I mean, I'm assuming it's due to budgetary concerns, but yeah. So yeah, and then it drops you back in the game, and I was like, I have two guys left to unlock, and then it like gives them to you within the first like 20 minutes of you playing again, and I was like, oh, okay, that's Sam, all of you, that. All right, bye, video game, done. Yeah. So did anyway, Sam, game, did you Sam? find your guy? Yeah, my my I think the one that I wound up play, doing the most play with was Six, who's that little robot guy. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's one of those robot bosses, I think. Yeah, the floating robot guy. Yeah, Sam. So you can play as him. So I like Six a lot. But did you did you beat the game? No, I did not. Okay, 
Yeah, I'm the crazy person. I just yeah. watched four four seasons of Great British Baking <laughs> Show British and Bake soaked it in. Yeah, so this uh, this game was brought to you by Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry. Oh. Very nice. I love that show, love by the that. way. Dude, yeah. that show is fucking so amazing. <laughs> That's my plug. My one cool thing for this episode <laughs> is if you have not seen it, please go watch the Great British Baking it's Show. It's on Netflix now, so you have if no you ever- excuse. Yeah, if you ever want to like feel there, there's a couple shows that I watch if I ever want to feel just really good, and that's Queer Eye, Terrace House, and Great British Baking Show. Mm. And well, and, like and all British of those Baking Show, just Netflix. it's so quaint. Like, yeah, right. I, I, a friend of mine told me that they tried to do an American version. Yeah, they did. And she said that she watched it, and she was like, "Yeah, everybody was like real cutthroat and douchey." And in the British one, like even if they're your competition, like these people are just sort of like. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, love. Do do you you need a hand? And it's just like, whoa, dude. Like, it's beautiful. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's like television equivalent of a warm hug. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just like, that's that's what I mean. It's like, Queer Eye is like that. Terrace House isn't so much like a warm hug, but it's like a, it's one of those things, like, you know how you watch reality shows um, and... Like it's trashy television. It's like watching a reality show and getting that same feeling, but like knowing it's not trashy. Yeah, that's a good. That's way what I it. like about it. So, yeah. like, I watch Terrace House, Queer Eye, and Great British Baking Show, and they all make me feel very good in different ways. So go do that. If you're not feeling good, what? holidays got you down. Just put on some yep. fucking British normal people rolling some Swiss <laughs> rolls, and you're gonna feel yeah. great. And maybe you'll want to bake something too. In which case, now you I'm should playing... send it to PO Box number. No, I'm kidding. I don't, we don't have a PO Box. This yet. was a mistake because now I'm playing Never Stop Sneaking. Don't, don't do know, it, Sam. Don't do while it. We're recording the podcast. Get that yeah, never left. Never out. stop sneaking. May as well just be called Never Stop Fucking Playing This Game Ever Again. Right. Um, it just goes on forever. So yeah, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you guys recommend people check this game out? What are your thoughts? Um, I think overall thumbs up. I do think like it. it it gets a little grindy and repetitive towards the end. Not it just runs little, out like of tricks. Very, it's like somebody yeah. told like a very shallow joke and then expected you to laugh at it for 11 mm. hours. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately, I think for the price, I think it's good. And I think for what it does and what it is, um, I think it's, it's, it's very good. So I give it a ultimate thumbs up. Ultimately through everything, it's a thumbs up and mm. I'm going to fucking turn this game off because I'm playing it and it's bugging <laughs> me. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like a middle thumb, like sort of the the gladiator, like 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 the the Joaquin Phoenix in the Gladiator still has yet to determine whether you should live or die. Like that's the thumb hand (laughs) I'm gonna give it. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think for certain people, it would be it'll be like a fun little like if you're the kind of person who enjoys kind of having like a mobile game to tinker with on your phone while you're watching game of thrones or something i don't know yeah. i'm not the if kind of person like who t- like i don't typically play games <laughs> i don't typically play games around. while watching television but like if you're watching junk food tv with like a loved one and you just want something to fiddle with i think this game checks that box fine and it makes you smile um if you're looking for something meaty i i don't know if this is it like i think you could spend that $15 on, like, Killer7 for for the PC on Steam and get, like, the one of the best games ever made. Um, or you could spend that $15 on, like, half of the other indies in the Nintendo eShop for Switch and probably have, like, a better time. Um, this game is fun. I just, like, don't know if it's anything other than, like, a distraction. 
yeah. uh, which like all video games are distractions let's be real but yeah this one's like not i don't know it, this one doesn't have the facade of like i grew as a human while playing this um but yeah i don't know it's okay isaac what do you think um <clears throat> i'll give it a half thumb so like no, i'm gonna give imagine. it a cut thumb like, and oops, yeah. I hurt myself in the garage while cutting some yeah. some crown molding. <laughs> um, for the for me for the price that I paid, um, not worth it. Unfortunately, whoa, whoa! Because I, I pay you know fifteen dollars. I mean, yeah, sure it is you, cheaper. You all... It is cheaper on the PC, by the way. So if you buy yeah. it on Steam, it is twelve dollars. If you buy it on the Switch, Ooh. it is fifteen. So I think this is this would be a good like ten dollar game. I mean. 10 to yeah. 10 or 15 is not much of a difference but like I don't know for what you're getting. Yeah, I um, think for yeah, for what you get I don't think it's quite as uh worth it. I think um if this makes this game makes more sense as like a uh, like a phone game. Um I I think I could see myself playing it like on my phone if I'm if I lived where I had to take public trans uh transportation. Um, just like sitting there on the train and fiddling with, you know, it's ve- it's a very good shut off your brain and just don't worry about it game. Yeah, yeah. Again, it kind of like it feels like um, if you just like if if you just want to like turn some knobs and feel like you're inputting something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like playing with a fidget spinner or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just kind of yeah. like it's there. It's like you're doing it. It's keeping you busy. Um, and it's Metal Gear looking. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. But at the okay, same time, it's kind of addicting. Yeah, there there it. were moments. So I will say, I, I and I don't think you guys got to this point. I do want to name check this really, really quickly, and it was on my list of notes, oh, and I don't no. know why I didn't mention it until right now. There are two power-ups that you unlock very late in the game, like extremely late in the game. One of them is called Nano Plague, and the other one's called Tesla Coil. If you get if you, so nano plague if you're if you see a human on your screen they die like it's like fox die essentially oh god um, and if you get Tesla coil anything like cameras or turrets just zap and die like within you within your like ten foot radius of your person or something so you're so you're basically invincible so if yeah if you get both of them it is literally just like I'm gonna run across the screen and get like a times one hundred combo. Um, and it feels really good at the end of the game because you're like i just want to get the fuck through with this right um and that those moments i was like yes please like i just kept waiting because like there are these uh chests i guess for lack of a better way to call them i guess they're like computer locked containment vessels uh they'll spit out random power-ups and so i did spend like the first few levels of every like late late game mission being like am i gonna get it am i gonna get it am i gonna get it and then you get it and you're like hell yeah <laughs> that's awesome. uh, but you, you can't hurt bosses with it though unfortunately so uh, well. but yeah i don't know that part was good it felt empowering but i think i think what would have fixed this game for me is if you took this gameplay mechanic and instead of doing this procedurally generated fucking iPhone mission structure, um, if you're going to put it on the Switch or the PC, here's a fun fact. Maybe design like a really big base and like make me have to remember the layout and actually do shit. Mm. Yeah. Because like if it played like this, but it had a Shadow Moses like persistent environment, mm. I would probably really dig it. Yeah. 
I can see that. Because then you could kind of bake in like a progression system where like you only get the power up once, but you have to find it. Find it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. But not, now we're just like backseat game developing. So that's <laughs> backseat developing. But yeah. So um, yeah. Are you guys good on Never Stop Sneaking? Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we move on to our next parody game? Nah. Let's do it. Dope. In my love and emotion. Overcome all my doubts and my fears Will you come close and tell me That you'll be here every year after year after year Alright, so we're talking about Mary Gear Solid, Secret <laughs> Santa. It's a good Santa Claus! <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Santa. Santa real? Santa's no. not real? Santa Claus! <laughs> so, what Sam is quoting is the, oh, the death screen <laughs> at the end of the first game. <laughs> All right, so, Sam, hit us with the... What's the... Uh, what's the... Uh, what the fuck am I thinking of? Context. What's the context of this? What are we doing? Um. Okay. Mary Gear Solid <laughs> is God. It's kind of like a the whole the whole concept of it is you play as Santa. I can't not hear you. By the way, right now <laughs> screaming like those kids. Like I, if you hear me like giggling, it's because like I'm still hearing like Santa Claus. Which I will mention, the voice <laughs> voices got way better in the second one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you play as Santa Claus, and your whole you are uh, you are guided through the game by your support, uh, Tiny Tim, aka Major uh, Tim, Major Tim. It's <laughs> um, hilarious, and a secret, a secret person who's on burst transmission called Santa's little helper. So Santa's little helper. Santa's little helper. Um so you your whole thing is that in the wake of 911 <laughs> Hold on, and, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe in the same like paragraph that you're describing a holiday themed Metal Gear like flash game. You just mm-hmm. opened a sentence with in the wake of nine eleven. <laughs> oh jeez. And like there's no other way to open that sentence. Like that's, no, the, I, that's the plot. I know. It's just so he's good. doing this because he can't because of nine eleven. They didn't want him to come off as like a terrorist threat with his sleigh flying through the air, so he has to infiltrate this house, um, which has uh, so many floors and so many children. Yeah, I think it's oh my 10 God. floors, right, total? Yeah. Yeah, 10 floors. So you have to sneak up through the house to deliver the presents to the tree on the top floor, for whatever reason. <laughs> the tree is on the top floor. Um, oh, well, you can't forget the address, Sam. The address oh, of the house uh, is 14015. Uh, Hideo Drive, right? Yep. Yeah, 14015 Hideo Drive. Which is uh, which the codec is- frequency for Holly White and Merrill, mm-hmm. by the way. So you have, yeah, so you have <laughs> Hori White. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As she is known to, um, the Japanese, to our Japanese brothers in the East. Yeah. So you have to infiltrate uh, this house to deliver the presents to the top fl- tree on the top floor without being spotted. And that is the general 
premise for that's that's your that's your box quote there. Yeah, this um, one. Um, so the second game is much longer. This one's like what thirty minutes, roughly. Yeah, a little bit, pretty short. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. It was um, so real quick. Uh, it was developed by a guy named Arthur Lee. Um, the title screen references Insignificant Studios. Um, it's an indie pub. Like this is indie as fuck. Like go to the guy's mm-hmm. website and download it off of that um, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but based on the website, it looks like it was created for the Daily Clicks grid-based Christmas game competition in 2006. Um, and this game won the grand prize. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's billed as holiday espionage action, which cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this game, the second one had a much more robust cast, but I think this game, it's just this guy, Duncan Roberts, doing all of the voice mm-hmm. acting. Yeah. Santa Claus! <laughs> Me and Isaac were talking about this a little bit off mic before the recording started tonight. Um, the vibe of the graphics definitely remind me of like Game Boy Advance-esque uh, Pokemon games. Yes, yes. I don't know if you got that too, Sam. Like the interior color I, in particular. So you know what it kind of, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Earthbound. Oh yeah, I could see that too. Um. So yeah, it's fun. Uh, you just control it with your keyboard, and uh, you do have to click the mouse for one of the abilities, which I thought was awful. Yeah, um, it's, there's a couple things that that happened in this game that kind of like frustrated me. Um, yeah, as far as like timing and stuff like that, I think like I got up to like the eighth floor. I want to say it is, or not, not or like the the sixth floor, um, right after you get the camera, and there's like a line of children with people going oh, back and forth and oh like yeah and then use the camera it's just like this big old deal but yeah i felt a like couple the, questionable choices yeah that one gave me a little bit of difficulty until i figured it out the one right after that with the three kids up in the top left with the laser floor do you know what i'm talking oh, about oh yeah 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 oh my that god one fucked me up you have to like go around and then you have to like put the camera behind them and then you have to like it's so it's complex yeah, I absolutely did not do it that way. I broke it yeah, I didn't and just do like it tricked them out and then blinded them and ran for it eventually. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, lucky you. Yeah. But yeah, so like Sam mentioned, there's 10 floors. Let's talk about kind of the gadgets that you get. So there's some some holiday-themed Metal Gear gadgets that you get throughout. <laughs> you get a you get a present um, that you could sneak in, and the only reason why the kids don't bomb rush, bum rush, the pre- bomb rush, bum rush the present is because it has bombs in it, which... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and the, the 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 reasoning was really funny. Major Tim's like, "They're not going to rush you because there's bombs in the box." And, and Santa, who goes by Solid Santa Solid for some reason, Santa, he's like, yeah. "He's like, are there bombs in the box?" And Major Tim's like, "I made you think they were, didn't I?" And he was like, "Well, yeah." And he's like, "Well, you're not going to want to open it if you think there's bombs in it." And he's like, "Well, why do they think there's there's bombs in it?" And he's like, "Well, let's not correct them." And it's like, okay, like <laughs> yeah, that. So, yeah, it's like very the whole bizarre. game is filled with like weird shit that's just like. It is if you believe it is. It's like fucking. All right. I mean, I guess. Yeah, the dialogue's then, like, really funny. Like, the dialogue. He's like, "Do you, are you really are you really gonna question uh, question a game about Santa Claus or something like that?" It's very funny. Yeah. I uh, let's uh, let's uh, edit in some of the uh, some of the opening codec moment here, just for people to. Would uh would uh would you maybe say um, cue it here, Alessio? Yeah, I would. Oh, okay. Cue it here. Nick, it's been a long time. Tiny Tim. Oh, they stopped calling me that 20 years ago. Just Tim will do. 20 years. 
Yes, it's been 20 years since the Ebenezer Eve incident. The world has changed since then. Military surveillance crafts have been circling the skies in a response to the 9-11 attacks six years ago. That's why it's far too risky to let you deliver the presents the traditional way. The traditional way? We can't risk having you spotted soaring through the sky on a sleigh. With the nation on high alert as it is, there's far too great of a chance you'll be branded a national threat. So that's why I'll be delivering gifts by foot, I presume. Precisely. This is a top-secret covert mission. From this point on, we'll be referring to each other by codenames. My codename will be Major Tim. And yours, Nick, will be Solid Santa. Solid Santa? There's a nice ring to it. So what's the mission? Your mission is to infiltrate this house and to deliver the present you've got in your sack to the Christmas tree, located on the topmost floor. Sounds easy. It's not as easy as it sounds. Most people are asleep at this hour, but a couple of naughty, naughty children might be wandering around trying to get a peek of their presents before morning. So I get to throw coal at them, right? No. This is above everything else a stealth mission. You must not be discovered or the mission will be a failure. Do whatever it takes to stay out of the enemy's field of vision. To make things easier, you'll need to make use of any tools you find in the house. I'll be giving you advice and instructions via codec. My frequency is 012.25. Alright. Commencing Operation Secret Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and so other than the present, let's go through the rest of the items. So there's the candy cane, which you can use mm-hmm. to see the lasers. For some reason, I don't know what is that called it's because a, it's a seeing eye. It's a seize. It's seize candy brand candy cane, <laughs> and he uses it like the cigarettes. He's where smoking. When you have it equipped. He's smoking it, and yeah. you can see the lasers. That's pretty funny. Um, the other one is a digital camera on a tripod that mm-hmm. the kids will approach, and then it'll uh, flash and and make them blind for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and what's the last item? It's the gun, but it's not called the polar gun. That's in the second. It's a Nerf one. gun. It's oh, nice that's gun. right. It's a custom Nerf gun oh, with gosh. tranquilizer bullets. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I hated though, the kids go down for like three seconds. Mm-hmm. Like they barely yeah, go it's down. Not, I, it's it, the the CQC in the second game is is amazing. Oh yeah, way. just the you animation know, like alone. The, the animation, and the sound it plays is is magnificent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I enjoyed this game. Let's talk about the. Uh, you guys want to talk about the twist? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. So there's um, you get a codec call when you when you are introduced to the laser floors um, for the first time from somebody who sounds just like Snake. Yeah, um, Santa, Santa's little helper. Yeah, he introduces himself as Santa's little helper, and um, he he's like giving clues um, to solid santa um but he doesn't really he's not he doesn't like give it all away like really easily and he goes that's why i'm santa's little helper not big helper or whatever he says <laughs> which is which is really funny but um he'll call you a couple times during the game and you make your way all the way up to the top floor and you deliver the presents and then um uh major Ta- or major tim uh tells you that you have to go all the way back down because he had to pad the game length somehow and then you start walking out and one of the presents starts moving. And then you're like, what the fuck? And then you find and then you wind you have to unequip the box and you are now playing as just solid snake. So you play you get the snake sprite and you sneak up to Solid Santa and he goes, Freeze. And um you find out that uh Solid Santa is <laughs> is uh Big Boss's brother, right? 
Oh yeah, was it? Uh, it's a uh, big beard. Oh, it's from Los Birdos Project yes. or whatever. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Oh my and god, it's super yeah, funny. It's just this, it's big. It's this big old thing. So uh, they, yeah. But so like, Santa is Santa. Big Beard, who is big beard. Uh, big Boss's twin brother. But Big Boss got all the recessive genes and mm-hmm. uh, ended up becoming a soldier, while Big Beard became Santa Claus. Yeah. So figure that out. But yeah, that's yeah, and then Snake kills Santa. So yeah, that's uh, that's what it ends with is uh, Snake killing Santa Claus, um, mm-hmm. and it's pretty dark. Um, they retcon some of this in the second game, but they do a pretty good mm-hmm. job of kind of explaining it away. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I was a little surprised. I had no idea that was happening whatsoever. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, ultimately, what did you guys think? Did you guys enjoy this one? <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. I, like I said, there were a couple of like little frustrating parts, but I think for what it was and for what it was trying to do, um, I think it was fantastic. Nice, Isaac. What were your thoughts? Did you uh, did you mainline this sucker last night like Sam and myself did, or did you take your time and gingerly uh, mm-hmm. parse um, through it? I did it this morning. <laughs> oh <Yep>. wow! So, <laughs> um, but I was about to, I guess, back on my experience on this. I was about to not finish the game because, <clears throat> sorry, on a. Uh, floor eight with the uh line of children or whatever um i I kept on dying and at one point i hit the uh like the left or the right arrow key which quits the game Mm. Um, and if you quit it doesn't and you you have to do it all over again i did that not once but twice oh no and i was like isaac you learned the first time i tried (laughs) my fingers um but then I looked at a, a video and, and uh, I saw that there was only like two more floors. So I was like, I, I need to finish it. So <laughs> <laughs> when did you play the second one? Uh, this afternoon. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's much else for us to say about this one. Um, did you guys get a ranking at the end? Yep. Um, yes. I got... Um, m- Mm. Mastodon, I think. Holy crap. Oh, nice. Me and Isaac both got Mammoth. Yeah. That's it. That's the one. Oh, okay. Oh. So we all got Mammoth. Um, it's the I, same thing, yeah. I got 10 shots fired, 32 film used. It took me 895 seconds, and I was discovered 26 times. <laughs> Santa Claus! Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was okay. I enjoyed it. The second game is much more of a game. Yeah, the way more robust and crazy. So. Merry Gear Solid Two: Ghosts of Christmas Past. Um, Isaac, do you want to do you want to start us off uh, with a little quick primer on what this is and uh, how long Mister Lee took to to spit this sucker Mr. out? Lee. Oh well, um, yeah. Let me pull up the notes real quick. Oh, not yikes. not my notes, your notes. <laughs> 
So Metal Gear Solid Two um, was uh, I hear that scroll wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I was on the wrong game. Mary <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gear Solid Two was uh, released in two thousand nine, so it took th- uh, three years from the first one, but it took him three. I can't. I don't think you have the quote here, but he said something like excruciating, agonizing months, like headache-inducing months for yeah. some reason. Yeah, I don't and know why a, he fucking mainlined this thing it. in three months. <laughs> And there's a line in there um, in the game where he's like, this game was uh, built on a $0 budget in three months, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was that. <laughs> so Mr. Arthur Lee did it again. Arthur Lee. <laughs> oh, I love this one because at the beginning of this one, it starts out with a... Yeah. But then it... Instead of Konami Computer Entertainment of Japan, it says Insignificant Studios of the USA. It's yep. it segues into like some um, Christmas song I can't remember. Um, oh, dude, uh, the main sneaking theme for Mary Gear Solid Two is definitely. Uh, is it this Christmas? Oh shit! What is the? Uh, um, there's a couple oh, themes in there. Is it called yeah, Last Christmas? I think it might be. I think yeah. I mean the Wham song. Yeah, so it's definitely like, like the. Oh, I'm so pretty good. sure it is because I I think I I think I made a mental note that I lost. Whammus this year because of this game. Yeah, it's wild. Played, have you ever played that game before? Wham! Like I, I think there's different names for it, but essentially, um, you have to see how long you can go during the holiday season without hearing "Last Christmas" by Wham. Okay. Oh, oh wow, that's really good. Have you never? Have you never played that? No, before? I've never played that. It's a very good game. And you <laughs> find that it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. Jesus. But yeah, in the middle of the like sneaking music, it'll sound very Metal Gear, and then in the middle of it, you're like, wait a minute, and you can like hear the like there's like some jingle bells and you if you mm-hmm. notice they're playing like the like in the background it does a really yeah. good job of like sounding metal gear as fuck and then like taking a hard turn yeah uh, the music's pretty Christmas. good actually for just one yeah. guy i'm i'm impressed yeah. um speaking of music which i noticed in your notes you didn't bring this this up and i think it's very important to bring this up is that there's a point in the game where you ride an elevator Oh, oh god! I did forget to write ride. that down. It's a parody of yeah. like the ladder boss. You have the elevator boss with the with the music, the the mm-hmm. the snake eater sounding song playing in the background. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty great. They make you listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, uh, it's good. It's it's okay. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you. Con- anyway, I'll let you continue. Anyway, so published by himself. And um, <laughs> I guess Insignificant Studios, uh, made for the PC. Um, summary is, set years after the events of the first game, Mary Gear Solid 2 sets Old Snake on an adventure to retrieve Santa's hat from a, an extremist group known as the Ghosts of Christmas Past. Using an array of new tools and returning favorites, Solid Snake must infiltrate Outer Savin Mall. Oh my god, dude, that killed me. <laughs> and prevent the ghosts from taking control of the SOC, Spirit of Christmas, system. <laughs> dude, that the one that killed me the most was PNCs. Like, Otacon <laughs> kept referring to PNCs, and Snake's like, what's that? And Otacon would go, pretty naughty children. Yeah. <laughs> or CQC. Fucking died, dude. What was CQC? Um, oh man, I can't uh, remember. Something oh, Quiet god, Children or... 
Yeah, was, oh no! It yeah, it's like something can, quiet. Candy's quiet children. Or yeah, something. yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. Good. It's uh, God. They do a really good job. Um, well, and the guy who they have voicing uh, Otacon does a really convincing Otacon too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love like the little codec illustration for Otacon. Yeah, it's like the little like the like cartoon Otacon from Metal Gear Solid Two almost. Yeah. Did you guys read the previous ops section? No, I didn't. But so I, one of the things that we didn't mention from the first game is that Tiny Tim talks about um, – he mentions something called the Ebenezer Incident during <laughs> uh, Mary Gear Solid 1. And Solid Santa is just sort of like, oh, don't don't worry about it. No sweat. Um, but in this one, they actually break down what the Ebenezer Incident was. Oh, God. And it's like Bob Cratchit like paid Solid Santa to like – kill tiny tim or to kill uh ebenezer scrooge Whoa. Um, oh and it was like gosh. the first time in like the history of the world that santa claus like killed a human being Whoa. um and Whoa. so it's like implied that ebenezer scrooge like died at the hands of uh santa claus um which then plays into the twist at the end of this game um but it dude it blew my mind the ebenezer incident completely cracked me up um i'm gonna see if i can pull up the script for it sam do you want to talk about the the gist of what's happening at the top of this game while I while I pull up the script for the for the for the uh, previous um, ops. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, you you go in um, on the roof of the outer Saven Mall, and it's and oh, it's okay. kind of laid out very similarly to the helipad of uh, Shadow Moses in Elder Solid One. Um, and you have to kind of infiltrate this small to um to find the hat and stop the ghosts of Christmas past. And the first thing you'll, you'll notice is that of course the, um, it looks a little bit better, not a little bit better. It looks way better. Um, the sound, the music's better. The sound effects are better. Um, uh, snakes like walk, walking is the best thing ever. Um, and then you'll also immediately notice that there's more detail to like your, there's a life bar and there's like more detail to your inventory and stuff. Um, you can also move in multiple directions, um, instead of just like up down to the side. So you'll, you'll immediately notice that the game is, is, is way more complex, um, than the first one. Um, and it's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, um. But yeah, you have to sneak past more children who do not sound quite as uh, as they do <laughs> in, uh, in the first one. It's not yeah, they're definitely as not. Uh, uh, did you hear? At one point, I swear to God, I heard the kids say, um, and maybe I was hearing things. I swear, I heard them say, "Punch me!" Whoa. Did you hear them say that? Uh, I don't know yeah, about that one. I, so. I would hear them just kind of like ambiently talking to themselves, and I swear to God, I'd hear one of them just say like "punch me," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, God. this is creepy." These masochistic, masochistic kids. Yeah, there. That reminds me of a, a vine, a vine that or Instagram post that I saw. This uh, this comedian, this Instagram comedian, he goes, um, he he does this vine where he goes like, "Where where am I?" And then it's he was kidnapped by a cannibal. He says, uh, "I'm a cannibal. I've I've, uh, I've kidnapped you." And then he goes, "Are you going to eat me?" He says, "Well, yes." He says, huh. and he just starts freaking out. He's like, "Eat me! I've been waiting for so long. Just end it. Eat me!" Oh my god! And then it's it's 
It's funnier than it sounds okay. now that I'm thinking about it, explaining it. Uh, but yeah, you should go look at Dope Island on Instagram. <laughs> wow. Eat me. Eat wow. me. That yeah. sounds creepy. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I'm recording this on a Macintosh computer where I cannot oh. access the exe file for this game uh, and i've been trying to find somebody i know i'm trying to find somebody who posted the playthrough of the game on youtube and everybody keeps skipping through the previous ops so um believe me when i say that it's funny um i just can't seem to find anybody like it nobody wrote it down anywhere either um i don't know if it'll be as funny but i do have like this first page it's like mary gear Ebenezer Eve incident, December 1986. After completing the first ever red nose, and then parentheses, red light emitting diode-based navigation over (laughs) sea and earth, guided present delivery. St. Nick was accidentally discovered by Bob Cratchit while discovering presents to his small Camden town home. Um, It's very funny. It's like five pages, and that was the first page, so it's like pretty short. but yeah, so that's that whole deal. Um, yeah, uh, this game's pretty fucking tough, man. Like, one of the things that me and Isaac were talking about before Sam hopped on as well was how this game almost feels like lost levels for some of the old Metal Gear titles. Mm. Um, Sam, did you have any particularly tough part parts in this game? Um, I think mostly, and I get it, I don't think necessarily the game was too super challenging there were a couple of like i think the um line of sight and like them spotting you sometimes was a little rough um yeah it's like outside of the cone like if if you see the end of the cone add like another couple of pixels and like that's really where the cutoff is yeah so it's it's very it's it it can get frustrating sometimes when you think that you're not in you're in a place where you're not going to be seen and then you have to repeat a section because it is you you got seen um, so that, that can be a little bit frustrating, but I think the general challenge of it isn't too, too bad. Um, um, I think mostly, and I appreciated it at the same time as I was annoyed with it, but like the codec calls, man, they happen so much. Well, and the problem and is I if think you it, tap, I tapped control on a couple of them just to kind of con- skip to the next screen. Cause like I, I read it faster than the voice actors read it. Um, and mm. in the first game, if you hit control, it goes page by page by page. In this one, if you hit control, it just like fucking speeds through all yeah. of it. Yeah. So like I had to like lovingly tap it and it would still like skip over some of the dialogue. And I was just like, great. Yep. So it, it's, yeah. That, and, and I've done that before too in the actual Metal Gear games where I press the button on accident and just speed through the whole thing. I'm just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think the difficulty for me started to kind of hit an upswing where I felt like I was actually doing better. Once you get the Nova Cane, which is like the CQC Cane. Yeah. It's like a little... <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. You like throw a kid down pretty fucking hard <laughs> and knock him out. Uh, once you get the Nova Cane or the Polar Gun, which is essentially just the nerf thing from the first game yeah. again, um, it gets a little bit more manageable, but like for the good first half of the game, like you're just kind of backtracking through some pretty fucking tricky spots with no way to kind of deal with enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it doesn't let you yeah. punch any of the enemies. And so you're just kind Although of, you got to sneak. They, they do give you a mounted deer head that you can use to slide against walls. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that makes you turn invisible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's pretty funny. Yeah, so there's that. Um, um, and there is a point where you have to backtrack all the way. Back. Oh, it happens like two or three times. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So that kind of sucks. I was too. not a fan of that part. But. Yeah. I mean, given that, given that we uh, very much did not like it in the original game, I can't imagine <laughs> why. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about the boss fights? Yes. Yeah, the boss fights are great. There's two of them, and they're mm-hmm. fucking crazy. So, like, neither of them, I would say, are traditional boss fights. Um, right. And you yeah, can kind of slam slam the C key over and over and over and get Otacon to kind of spoil the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, like but the first... Spoil. Yeah, the first one... <laughs> spoil <laughs> Yeah, the first one is is Jack Frost, right? Is that yeah, Jack yeah, Frost's yeah. son or something like that? But it, he, it plays on the... Um, the uh uh the end battle where you have to set your computer's time forward a couple weeks to spoil the milk that he's using as a weapon. Yeah, um, he's like throwing milk bottles at you. Yeah, and his blood is milk, so you have to spoil his milk spoil the milk that is his blood so that he can uh uh you can, <laughs> you, can <laughs> you can kill him that way. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, and they kind of reveal it, too, because he keeps talking about white blood, white blood, and then Otacon's like, that's not blood. That's milk, snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, the other boss uh, I, I liked quite a bit. Also, it's kind of implied from this game that Jack Frost is Frosty the Snowman's son. Did you guys pick up on that? It was weird. I you like did like a weird glitchy thing, so I didn't hear anything you just said. Um, sorry about that. Um, so I don't know if you guys picked up on it during the Jack Frost boss fight. Um, they kind of imply that Jack Frost is Frosty the Snowman's son. Uh, yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. That was oh, yeah. I think that was the whole that was the implication was that he's Frosty's son and that he'll be back again someday. He like they they very much play into that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Siri went off because she sucks. Um. <laughs> But yeah, um, the second boss I liked quite a bit too. So there's kind of this fun moment where Snake, I'm not sure if he like gets drugged or what happens. He's in the gas room. So like you, yeah, I can't remember exactly what happens, but yeah, this is my big sticking point was like, there's a moment where you take a mistletoe missile instead of like a Nikita missile. Oh man. Um, The way they like a missile with lips on it, which cracks me up. Oh, I was like, uh, I don't know. This one is a little cringy. <laughs> no, yeah, said, yeah. He said, um, "What do they call it?" Kiss. Uh, uh, he said something about kissing children, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? What are you doing?" And yeah, it was a little. Yeah, it was, it was a little, little much. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so you use the mistletoe rockets to break a like an electrical panel, and holy shit, did I have to redo this part so, so many hard. times? Mm-hmm. Um, just cause it's so fast and like everything kind of starts to blend together. But once you leave that area, I can't remember what it is, but something knocks snake unconscious yeah. and, and you, you wind w- up at the top floor of the house from the original game. Yeah. And you're naked, which oh, is funny. Oh, you're like a little pixelated. The, um, the tadpoles, they, uh, yeah, oh, ambush yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. The in, that, in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, the, right. It was yeah. in the elevator. In the elevator. Yeah. They, they play yeah, yeah. off of, uh, Metal Gear the first Solid. Game. Yeah, yeah, that's Arc- right. Because you go in and you've got the um, what's it called? Uh, infrared. Uh, what is it called? It's called something else. Um, oh, um, 
I forgot what it was called. But yeah. no, Otacon that comes over and or no, the elevator just like beeps at you and freezes. Yeah. And says something oh, about that's the right. weight I just limit. Put, I just yeah, I just put them on because there's yeah, there's like oh. five boxes in there. Can you see? Through, yeah, I, see them. No, I, I put them on ahead of it because I knew that it was going to hit me with a gimmick. I was like, I uh. I know they're going to do the <laughs> elevator trick. Yeah. Um. So that's why I was thinking of it. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you you leave the house um, dazed and nude in in the sort of first game levels again, which is pretty cool playing through that. And then <coughs> you get to the bottom. And outside, and this is sort of revealing kind of the big bad for the game, um, there's a sleigh that they're trying to power with with three passwords from the three wise men, mm-hmm. uh, which are the three wise men from Christmas, uh, from, from Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Christian. And uh, they're trying to use the passwords to power this sleigh that will allow somebody to be essentially like the replacement Santa Claus. Um. And you come outside, and one of the the ghosts of Christmas past, um, the third fella. We only see two of them, but I think it's implied who the third one is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the ghost of Christmas's future. Um, he hates technology, um, and he's like futzing around with this thing outside. And Snake confronts him, and you have this like Metal Gear battle or whatever, Merry Gear battle, where the guy keeps shooting you with. Um, he keeps shooting at your feet, is what they say, if you check the codec, and it knocks you down. Um, he's not trying to kill you, but what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to deliver a package. Um, but the, there's like I was confused. I was like, do I get in one of the boxes and hide by the mailbox? Like, what do I do? Oh yeah. And finally, uh, Otacon tells you that like there may be a package buried in the files of the game. Um, and at first, I think. He tells you early on, he's like, check the back of the Blu-ray for the for the Kodak call number for the burst transmission. And Snake's like, Blu-ray? And Otacon's like, oh, yeah, this was distributed online. So they make like a big joke about online distribution again during this boss fight. Um, but you grab some files out of the game folder and drag them into the window of the game, and they equip you with these PSG, which is like a package of smoke grenades. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you beat this boss, which I thought was really cool, actually. Um, one quick thing about the cardboard box that we didn't mention. So one of the cardboard boxes will actually slowly drain your H or your O2 gauge. Yeah. But you very quickly afterwards get the box that has air holes. in. It. Yeah. But it just cracks me up that it's like a box with no air holes and it like suffocates you while you use yeah. it. It's like, you know, those, you know, those holes in there are for lifting the box, right? Not for breathing. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> Um, sorry, Sam. I did not mean to uh, not not join you in the laugh. Um, I guess that sucks. I'll go by, by now. Oh no! But yeah, effectively, <laughs> they do the whole thing. So at the end, um, you use that. You take control of Mary Gear, and then Otacon calls you. and He's like, "What are you going to do now, Snake? Now that the mission's over?" And Snake's like. I guess I'm going to become Santa Claus. <laughs> and Otacon's like, "All right, buddy. It was nice knowing you." Um, and then the credits roll and they do this very funny thing like Met- uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 does where in the middle of the credits, it lands on this uh, credit for Santa Claus and then it just stops and it's like, oh shit. And then Santa Claus shows up and he's like, <laughs> essentially, I guess it's sort of implied that he's the third ghost of Christmas past. Yep. Um, and he just kind of explains that like he knew that 
Major Tim was trying to double cross him. And so he's the one that fed the fake story to Snake about, um, about something about the, and I, we totally missed this joke about the ha he ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it killed me. <laughs> the ha he ho ho ho. Oh, man, that's real good. Anyway, so long story short, Snake talks about all the double crossings and triple crossings and all this stuff. And uh, Santa Claus is like, hey, I'm going to take my sleigh back. And Snake's like, all right, buddy. And they part ways. But then there's a post-credit sequence in classic fashion. And uh, it's revealed that uh, Ebenezer Scrooge isn't dead. Mm. And that he planned the whole thing. <laughs> Yikes. Um <laughs> Which, like, let's take a second real quick to camp out here, and I don't know, if Sam, if you knew this. Me and Isaac um, discovered that there is a trailer for a Mary Gear Solid 3. Yes, I saw, I did not get a chance to watch it, but I saw that it was, it existed. It was, like, in 2010, I think, is when it came out. Yeah, it's in 3D as well, believe it or not. Um, There's, like, a little snake. It's pretty cool. You have, like, a... I can't remember what it was called. It was like a Mazda Nagant style sniper rifle, but when you shot it, it like sent a scary man to spook the kid and knock him over. Um, <laughs> oh, there was one of the funny things. If you hold somebody up from behind, Snake goes freeze, and the kid literally froze and became like a little popsicle. <laughs> um, it was pretty funny, but yeah, it was like Chibi 3D MGS1. Um, but I guess it's, it's just not going to get made because. Um, guy's uh website arthur lee's website hasn't been updated since like 2013 yeah so that's unfortunate but yeah what'd you guys think of mary gear solid 2 <laughs> um very very good i think it um <laughs> i think it did a great job playing up all of the tropes that um that that metal gear kind of latches onto. it's it's very it was very good i thought it was very good yeah, I thought yeah. the music and, and, and the production values and everything, um, this was really good. Like, if you like Mary Gear Solid 1, um, this is just bigger and better. Um, it does mm-hmm. go a little long and um, drag out towards the end, but, like, I don't know. The jokes are pretty frequent, so it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I could do without the, the, the multiple backtracking, but mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, I think very the, the backtracking... Game. Yeah, the backtracking and I think some of like the weird like sighting issues that the you have with the with the the, the PNCs. <laughs> um but yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, backtracking would have been okay, but backtracking all the way to the beginning and then going all the way back um was a little much. But I did enjoy it. Um in my short time that i played with it very good so yeah that one gets a thumbs up and both mary gear and mary gear 2 are free um yep. at arthur lee's website which is superfundungeonrun.com <laughs> um they're free but they're exe files so kind of like you heard me on the uh show just now talk about um you can only play them on pc so, and he's got a whole bunch um, of other games too yeah, the guy um, actually does some pretty good work. I, I'm kind of bummed that he hadn't put anything out in a while because um, I thought he was doing some pretty neat stuff. There's a Half-Life 2 that he did. Half-Life yeah, 2. Yeah, I think it's a mod, right? Jake and Bacon Source. Oh, I don't Whoa. know. Oh, it's a Half-Life Whoa. 1 mod. Old school, baby. Huh. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Productive guy, uh, young kid, kind of experimenting with video games. I, I, I liked his output, and I, I really enjoyed both of these, Mary Gear and Mary Gear 2. Um, so, yeah, I would check them out. If you don't have a PC to play them on, um, you can check out some people did some long plays on uh, YouTube. So check those out. But, yeah, um, this is the part of the show where we are going to now cover three hand-picked listener responses to close out the year, say We're Happy like New the- Year's. We're like the parents who, like, say you have to do this, and then we give the kid the thing anyway. Yeah, a little bit. Um, because but I thought, like, I thought you have to get your responses in by the 15th. <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to yeah. read them anyway. But I, but I know what you're about yeah. to say, and I agree. These are good responses, so we're reading them. Yeah, so let's uh, let's do it. Why is there a box here? Listener responses, Isaac, I find it appropriate that you and I two-man this, considering that we were on the episode same. Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'll give Sam. I'll give Sam different Sam's letter. Further, oh, of course. Uh, that's that's fine. I also want to bring. A, I, I could make you feel real bad about that joke, but I'm not gonna because I'm a good person. Yay! Well, I, yeah, it was in the letter. <laughs> it was in the letter itself. So anyway, um, yeah. So let's oh, do this. I don't, I don't see that part. My bad. <laughs> I'm gonna get us started. Uh, so this letter is coming from. Good friend of the show, Nick Freda. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a minute. Hi, Nick. We love you. We wish you the best. Hope everything's going well. Um, he writes about From Russia with Love. Um, and, uh, yeah, we I'm, I kept this rather uncut because of how much awesome information he put in here. Um, let's uh, tackle it. Isaac, do you want me to take the first half? Um, <coughs> wow. Excuse me. Yeah, I um, said something in my throat. I apologize. I figured maybe we could go <coughs> paragraph by Sorry, paragraph. I to, this thing I, is I like to be part of it too. an essay. All right, let's very do nice so essay. Here, yeah, here we go. So <clears throat> I'll start us off. <laughs> Nick writes, "I was super excited that you guys decided to cover a James Bond film for the show, and you fellows picked a very unique one in the series, and one of my favorites of the twenty-four movies that I've watched countless times growing up." There's so uh, many I, movies. How did he <laughs> yeah, watch right. Spectre while growing up? I'm confused. Well, you know. <laughs> Time they were a, Nick continues they were a big part of my childhood we used to record them on VHS during marathons and I could not get enough I'm sure it inspired some of my love of the Metal Gear series on a subconscious level <laughs> my family used to do the exact same thing not with uh, Bond films but we would record them on VHS tapes oh dude that's we hilarious. had boxes of VHS <laughs> tapes when I was like, oh, I guess yeah, that's the God, thing yeah. that we did I love Everybody I love did. that our parents were very anti-pirating music, but they were also very like, <laughs> we're going to rip off the entire blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's, never thought about it that way. Yeah. Huh. All right, Isaac. I kind of, uh, well, just based on that paragraph, I kind of wish we had covered the first one, Dr. No, just because uh, uh, you've yeah. watched it, but like I had no, that like this was my first Bond film ever. Yeah. And apparently it was it tied into Doctor No, and that would have been nice, but oh well. Um, nice, but not entirely needed because I did want to watch it. I did watch the movie in anticipation for the show, and then a bunch of stuff happened. Uh huh. Um, but it's nice to have, but not necessarily needed. Okay. Yeah, because I I, I hardly remembered know. anything from Doctor No, and I feel like I knew enough yeah. to give. It's it pretty good because you have what's his name's re- recapping son in that movie. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Karim. Uh, uh, Karimbe, <laughs> or or the girl Ali Karimbe, <laughs> <laughs> Ali Karimbe. 
Um, anyway, Nick continues. The James Bond movies are oftentimes formulaic and full of tropes. Just ask Austin Powers. Uh, but what makes From Russia with Love unique is that in being the second film in the series, sequel to the successful Dr. No, it was still in the franchise's developmental stages, finding its way, and is just a really great Cold War spy detective film that's unchained to any formula. Uh, the initial film, Dr. No, is unique for that reason, too. Uh, the buddy element between James Bond and Kareem Bay isn't something you see very often in the later films. He's a really lovable character, and sadly that actor was dying from cancer while making this film, to the point where they bumped up his scenes in the filming schedule because he wanted to finish the film to support his family. He would always put his game face on while the cameras rolled. Oh, dang, I had no Whoa, idea dude. Yeah, I did that, not know that. Yeah, that was one of the... So Nick's got a lot of juicy <laughs> inf- info Juice. nuggets in here, and that was one of them that I was like, oh my god. That's cool. I mean, um, well, not not cool. That he died, but like <laughs> cool that it, that he was able to. They were able to uh, accommodate that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'll tackle. I'll I'll do these two paragraphs since the first one's like a sentence. Um, in regard to the formula again, though, it wasn't really until Goldfinger, the third film and a must-see in the series, mm-hmm. that the films find their pace and structure for better or for worse, depending on one's perspective. For me, mm-hmm. part of the fun of James Bond is seeing what happens when you dip that constant character and narrative structure into a specific time period to marinate in the pop culture of that era and see what that familiar formula looks like on the other end. The cars, the gadgets, the villains plan, the music all change based on the decade, but with a certain familiarity, they're like time capsules of what was cool and popular at the time. I think we saw this with seeing snake in the sixties after seeing him in the 21st century. Yeah, hmm. that's true. Yeah, that's awesome. I would love to see like a metal gear from like the forties and then from <laughs> the fifties and then, yeah. Oh yeah. Let's let's make it. Let's do it together. Let's <laughs> let's make yeah. the game. Yep. Um, to further bring it back to Metal Gear, there are so many parallels with Bond: a lone infiltrator, gadgets, equipment galore, the captured hero torture scenes, and eccentric bosses, just to name a few. Uh, MGS3 is clearly attributing tribu- to the James Bond espionage elements and the formula the most, even down to the pattern of. Intro mission, virtuous, virtuous mission, followed by a Snake Eater music video credits intro, like the projection on in the like the projection one in From Russia with Love, and then jumping into the main mission. The only thing missing is a roaring MGM lion, <laughs> followed by the white dots in the gun barrel sequence at the very beginning. Bond even uses the same crocodile helmet disguise that Snake can find in the swamp. That's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Bonus. Alessio, Uh-oh. you had mentioned not being aware that James Bond had a nemesis organization, and for the majority of the series, he did not. The ex- explanation is a lengthy one for those interested. Author and Bond creator Ian Fleming gave the rights to the film Thunderball to a producer named Kevin McClory. Some say that this was through sneakiness on McClory's part and that Fleming was tricked. McClory found himself in ownership of many of the James Bond story elements by having copyright of that film. Jeez. One of those being James Bond's nemesis organization, Spectre, and its leader, Blow. Blofeld, um, who is the direct inspiration for Dr. Evil. 
Um, this rights transfer became a, began a decades-long legal battle of United Artists, Eon Productions, and Fleming, uh, Fleming Estate versus Kevin McClory. Man, another nugget. That's really sad. Yeah, though. right? But that's cool. The history of it. That is. <laughs> I keep saying cool. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man, that legal Thank battle God, that ruined like, hundreds of lives. <laughs> that that potentially led to the death of Ian Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. No, I mean, that just neat. like finding out the history, you know. Mm. Um, some say, uh, this is Nick, not me. Some say the legal suit led to the early demise of Ian Fleming due to the stress of it all after being duped into giving away his creation when he when he probably thought he was giving away that particular screenplay or something. The movies had to ditch certain elements and um, pay to use others. There are actually subtle digs at McClory weaved into the narrative of some of the uh, of the films. United Artists finally got to the la- got the last of the rights back just in the last few years and so it was a big deal to the fr- to the fan base sorry guys when Spectre came out and certain things returned to the franchise yeah that's crazy yeah. um also nick continues you and isaac discussed whether james bond was a code name or if he's the same person in all the movies this has always been a debate and newer movies only make it more cloudy naturally james bond shows up in different time periods and the code name would make sense however there are throwbacks and dialogue tying the actors to the same character in other films. Uh, Roger Moore's Bond pays respects at the grave of his same dead wife as George Lazenby's Bond, implying that they are the same person. With a couple exceptions, though, each film stands alone, and it doesn't really matter, but I'm in the, quote, not a codename camp. I mm. uh, hope you guys have the opportunity to check out more of these films, even the bad ones. Uh, have parts to enjoy. Keep up the great work. Thank That's you, Nick. A, thank you, Nick. That's such a strange one. So I remember um, I remember the hot, like very in like recent memory the height of that argument happened when casino royale came out the first daniel craig one Mm. um because at the very beginning of that movie um it shows him like becoming 007 like he becomes 007 for the first time in that movie so it like created this whole like like battle about like whether or not it was the same person or if it was a code name or like what the whole whole deal was so it's uh it's very cloudy and then they're about to they're potentially about to have Idris Elba play him, so that's gonna make it like even even cloudier. <laughs> oh yeah. Cloudy in a good so, way though. <laughs> yo, very good way. Love me but some yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah, super interesting stuff though. I mean I think I mean Isaac and I definitely talked a little bit about Ian Fleming's books and how um there are fewer books than there are movies, and we talked a little bit about some of that weirdness um, at the top of that episode, which uh, came out today as of day of recording, because um, mm-hmm. we're recording today on a Monday. Um, and I went back and listened to it, and Isaac, I just really wanted to say that uh, I think we did a good job oh, with yeah? just the two of us. Um, it was good. You did I? Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, no. Um, that music yeah, really I, rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I very rarely will go back to listen to the show just because I don't want to hear my voice. Um, Same. But I, I think listening puts everything in a unique perspective where we can kind of hear what needs to be better and what needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for the first time in a while, went back and listened and like wasn't constantly like, oh, I got to change that. That sounds like shit. Why would we say that? This is dumb. I got to edit this more. I was like, this is actually pretty fun. I got like probably half an hour, 45 minutes into the episode and was like, dude, this is two people and I'm 
pretty engaged. So, yeah. so what you're saying um, is that you just need to kill me and Jane. <laughs> no, <laughs> what I'm saying is I think we do okay work now. Maybe the the work will start to slip because uh, I'm confident, but um, oh, no. I don't know. I I enjoy it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was a good discussion. I think. I yeah, it was it. fun. It was just fun to talk about uh, a movie that I don't know. We both enjoyed and uh, was unique. So, um, Sam, do you want to cover the next, the miscellaneous uh, category? I do. Um, so, we got an email from different Sam. The email, not inferior Sam. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, different doesn't to, mean bad Sam. Different. Yes. He called himself inferior Sam. Just like there's no such thing as an inferior Sam. Word is just different. So... Mm-hmm. Do you want to tee up the context on this one? Because this is a real – this originally was a very well-written, thoughtful, lengthy email, but we are kind of picking and choosing parts. Yes. So this is Sam's history with the Metal Gear franchise, I believe, correct? Yeah, and he broke it down into like a Metal Gear-esque timeline. Yeah, it's it's very good. What is this – what is this uh, editor's note here? Oh, that's just for you. That's not for – Oh. That's not for the listeners. Oh, no, never mind. It was just me Um, adding that context. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. So, um, December, oh, hold on. December 25th, 1998. Different Sam, I can't do this the whole time. Uh, It's a long letter. Um, Different Sam receives a box of rocks from the driveway from his parents for Christmas. This joke is not as cruel as it seems. The box was a custom cardboard box that Different Sam's dad made to the exact shape and size as a PlayStation box and weighted down with rocks from the driveway to the same weight as a PlayStation. Dad explains as Different Sam looks on in disbelief at his box of rocks, Walmart was out of PlayStation, so I measured and weighed one they were holding for someone and made this substitute box. On our way to the condo for Christmas vacation, we'll stop at Walmart's until we find you one. Different Sam is ecstatic. His first game is Twisted Metal 3 bundled with the PlayStation. Oh, his first game is Twisted Metal 3, and bundled with the PlayStation is Interactive Sampler Disc CD Volume 8. Different Sam plays the shit out of the Metal Gear Solid demo, to the best of his recollection. The Sampler 8 demo ends when you crawl into the ducks at the far end of the heliport. Yep. Yeah, and the the, the rest of the letter had very, very, very thoughtful and articulate, uh, articulate entries for each of the dates on the timeline. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to pull that one just because I thought it was a very, very sweet story about mm-hmm. his parents and, and Sam. Also, real quick honorable mention, um, Sam talked about how his parents, um, after Columbine happened, um, they didn't take away his violent video games. They paid him back for Metal Gear Solid 1 and just said that they were worried about uh, a violent game uh, on their developing son. Um, mm. So, And I thought that was a awesome distinction because like i don't know to me that implies like tons of respect for them to be like mm-hmm. here's 45 dollars. Mm-hmm. we're sorry that we have to take this game from you mm. um and so i thought that was neat too but i just want to m- mention mm. that before uh sam jumps into sam our sam sam right i get well they're both our <laughs> sams but sam right uh current sam whose voice is present uh sam prime <laughs> i'm sam. sam prime uh sam's gonna jump into the part of the letter that i thought was sort of like the thesis of of mm-hmm. what Different Sam was saying. Sam. So different Sam says, why does any of this matter? Different Sam grew up playing video games. It all started when he was around five and got an NES for Christmas. It came with Super Mario Brothers 3. 
His parents bought a bunch of Bible-based games, as this was the original intent. Oh, no. They were, not, they were not that bad, but were super hard. Lots of games were bought for the NES, favorites being Super Mario, the Piraticus Conflict, and different Sam loved games. They were so much fun. They were colorful and challenging and just fun to pretend. Sonic became the, uh, the new favorite when a Genesis was purchased off of his aunt. Then came the PlayStation and Demo Disc number 8. Metal Gear Solid was the most fun I had ever had in a video game. Someday I would buy it, I told myself, and eventually I did. In the winter of 98-99, I purchased the Metal Gear Solid at Game, Ex- game Exchange oh God, game exchange, um, on 8th Street in Rogers, Arkansas. I took it home and played all night. My life changed that night. Some people think that sounds stupid, but I think many of you will understand what I'm saying. That night, video, became, video games became more than just colorful cartoon platformers with no real underlining story. The story of Solid Snake and all the twists and turns and surprises in the plot showed me that video games could tell real grown-up stories. They had a plot and a subplot. There were secrets to find and betrayals and things to figure out. They were like movies that you got to participate in. I was invited to participate in a mature story. From that night on, video games are more than just games. Video games were now art on par with blockbuster movies. These things that were worthy of study and thought. My eyes had been opened and my mind had been blown. I would go on to play many, many, many other games. Metal Gear Solid will always have a special place in my heart. It changed me and set me on the gaming path that I am on today, where I enjoy and celebrate nerd culture. I hope to be a father soon. Boy or girl, I hope I get to introduce them to gaming and see it change their lives like it did mine. Bonus fact, if we have a daughter, my wife has agreed to name her Liara after Liara to Sony from Mass Effect. I wanted to include that bonus fact because I thought it was cute. That was cool. It's very cute. Thanks, different <laughs> Sam. Very yeah, why aren't you naming your daughter Eva? Different Sam. <laughs> <laughs> The um that like that like impassioned like speech about like video games there at the end really got me. Yeah, it was good. I was reading the letter and I was like, "Fuck, Sam's right. We have to go back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, one of these days. Like, um, and this is the first time I think I'm speaking this into into words in a public forum of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working on making a baby. Some no. I'm, working on, <laughs> I'm working on uh I'm working on some trademarked Alessio Summerfield goofy, quirky, somewhat sarcastic, like semi intellectual um YouTube video reviews or like video essays. Oh god. Um and I've pre written out several different scripts that I'm probably gonna refine and I'm not gonna start working on these until next year, but um Nice. If you're a ten dollar, if you're a ten dollar plus patron, you might get to watch them early. Um, <laughs> I uh, and I'm actually, I, honestly, I'm pretty open to feedback. But one of the essays that I wanted to do, and these would all be like ten minute videos, but one of the ten minute video essays that I desperately want to do is just get really, really real and like blunt and and kind of just candid about video games as scientifically refined time wasting uh, devices. Um, and yet no matter how much on paper you look at it and you're like, this is just wasting my fucking life. Um, there is such interesting, cool, beautiful, awesome shit because of them. Um, Mm -hmm. and specifically the, the, the things that Sam just mentioned, um, really speak to me because it's like, 
I don't know, man. You ever have one of those days where you like look around and you're like, how much money have I spent? How much time have I wasted because of a fucking just like excellently engineered time wasting game? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm curious to know like like if there's if there was ever a way to see how much time you've spent and how much money you've spent on video games. Like, yeah, it's called Steam I, Library, I, and it makes me cry. Well, <laughs> I guess, but like, but like from childhood, like how long did how oh, long did yeah. I spend playing fucking fucking Mario Brothers when I was little? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's for sure, like, it's crazy. Like, but he's totally right, man. At a certain point, you play that game where you go, "Oh fuck!" Like this isn't mm-hmm. just a novelty. Like this is something else. Um, and honestly, I think Metal Gear Solid is that game for me as well. Yeah, I think so as well. I think I was definitely at that age. I was probably like, I don't know. I think we've talked about this before. I think it was like 10, 9 mm-hmm. or 10 when that game came out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's why I wanted to slap that on here because I think, uh, Sam, A, thank you for listening and thank you for writing. Um, and B, um, thank you for sharing all of the personal sentiments. I think it it, it uh, does not fall on deaf ears. So thank you. Um, Indeed. Nice. Um, I'm going to take the top of this email. This is Tori Cortez says via email. Also, also patron. <laughs> so thank you, Tori. Uh, she writes in with her top five MGS boss battles. And the reason why uh, I wanted to include me, this me, is because we I Whoa. dust off my voice really quick. <clears throat> <laughs> um, the reason why I'm including this is because we gave her so much shade last episode for never sending this. So here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Top five. She provides us. She provides us with a top five list that um, is no bottom five, but. No bottom five, just top five. That is different, but I also respect. Correct. So, without further ado, <clears throat> number five. Raiden versus Solidus. I think this might have been on one of our lists. Um, Probably. Al- although Raiden is not my favorite, this battle provides the redemption I hope to see from him as a character by the end of MGS2. It also sets him up for the badassery we see from him in MGS4. After wielding all sorts of guns, grenades, and rocket launchers, it is refreshing to be able to test out the pacing of a fight that doesn't solely rely on the pull of a trigger. Aside from that, Solidus has a rad exoskeleton suit that I love to see while I'm kicking his ass off of a roof. <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's what you're actually doing, the whole thing's a simulation, Tory. No, I... I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, par- I'm partially kidding. Uh, oh, I'm partially kidding. Leave her alone. I'm, partial, I'm partially parched. Okay. Number four. Old Snake versus Liquid Ocelot. I think this is definitely on one of our lists. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it was Isaac who mentioned the Street Fighter nod in this battle. After the introduction of CQC and MGS3, I hardly went want to rely on a weapon while stealthing my way past centuries not only does mgs4 deliver on cqc as a mechanic for general gameplay but to require the player to fight with nothing but snake's fist was such a cool way to resolve the feud between these two characters i also love the quick time events built into the fight anytime snake lands a particularly brutal blow well written yeah. very well written it was like it's it was like we just i believe we discussed this in the episode but it was like it's such the perfect way to end the series and then they didn't <laughs> yeah right yep yeah like, it's the perfect final w- boss fight for the series yeah warts and all metal gear solid 4 i think was a fun way to see this fucking weird thing through mm-hmm. kind of blows me away that the series kept going afterwards yeah but whatever um number three naked snake versus the boss this is very oh, yeah. low tori what are you doing 
no, I'm totally cool with it. It's good. Uh, you're not here to please me. Um, <laughs> af- after so many times of having his ass handed to him by the boss, having the chance to settle the score with her is pretty satisfying. Although the cutscene following the battle is a bit of a bummer, uh, to say the least. Uh, oh, that was me. Uh, the, lev- the level of involvement in the gameplay is what makes it stand out in my mind. That the boss will not let you, the player, simply run and gun at her sums up the brilliance of the game and the series. My first playthrough involved several failed attempts at this battle in order to find the combination of sneaking and CQC that wouldn't result in pieces of my weapons scattered about the field. This battle is one of my favorites because no matter how many times I play through the game, I find it appropriately challenging. It's good, man. Um, yeah, I, I think it works so well, and I'm sure we have talked about this. I think it works so well because uh, it's essentially you playing another you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like anytime, and that's why like Dark Souls and Demon Souls work so well because like anytime you're pitting the player against something that has the same <laughs> skill set and verb set, I think it then becomes like a really evenly like matched battle. Mm-hmm. So. Number two, Ray versus Rex. Ah, yeah. Honestly, this is on mine for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Honestly, not much to say about this one other than how satisfying it is to finally pilot Metal Gear to destroy another Metal Gear. Uh, again, the quick time events for this battle make each blow that much more satisfying. Yeah. Can we talk about? Um, I want to know who the genius was that was sitting there during the development discussions for MGS4 that just like turned and said, "Why don't we just fucking put Snake in a Metal Gear?" <laughs> yeah, why haven't we put Snake in a Metal Gear yet? And then Hideo Kojima is just like, oh, and then they and then they did it. Yeah, and it was because uh, yeah, and, that's genius. And then the fans cheered because it was a fantastic moment. It was good. It was that funny. whole that whole act was amazing. Yeah, it played very well. Yep. I wish that Jehuti would have been available. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're just battling it out, and then Jehuti flies by and just like How? dominates. How big is Jehudi in comparison to Metal Gear? Because I know they're huge in comparison to, like, the humans, right? Yeah, I think Jehudi's bigger than Metal Gear. Really? Holy yeah. shit. Though I will go on record to say I think mechs that move very, 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 very quickly and nimbly um, don't make much sense to me in media. I get why they make sense in real life, but in media it's like, if it looks and moves like a giant person... Why didn't you just make your anime about giant people or just normal people? <laughs> but it's like I don't know. I dig. Uh, I dig, and that's why I don't know. My heart will always belong to Front Mission Three. Um, I dig like the clunky, shitty, realistic. This thing just broke down. Like mech, I think. Um, but yeah. Hey, uh, Isaac. What's up? Give me a drum roll. <sighs> Isaac just farts. I messed that up. <laughs> How do I mess up a drum roll? <laughs> you want to try it again? <laughs> Isaac just went. <laughs> Number one. A surprise to be sure. Yep. Uh, it's uh, Naked Snake versus Volgan in the Shagahod is her number one boss battle. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I was a little surprised. Um, I think it's cool. Um, I just, I, it was weird. I just didn't expect oh to see it. Oh, my what? gosh. Well, let me, so, no, I don't so mean weird, like, here. bad. I just meant, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't, like, I feel like not, you don't not, see it. 
it's not one you expect at the top of the list. Mm, mm. Yeah, like I don't think I see it a lot in some well, of these lists. Well, let's, let's hear what Tori has to say. She says, I don't think I've always held this opinion about Volgan Shagohod battle, but I love how many parts there are to it. I remember having a lot of trouble with Volgan when it's just him in his suit, so ending that battle was a huge relief the first time around. I think I even had to use a fake death pill to trick him into turning around. Holy shit. Wow. When I realized that... Oh, yeah. Had we, had a, we had a listener write into Facebook, actually, with uh, that and post a video where you can fake death pill yourself. He'll turn around. You can get back up, and then you can take the cigarette spray and, like, knock, like, half of his stamina off. Huh. Like, oh, instantly. Shit. It was pretty sick. Mm. It was uh, Garter Belt MGS on uh, Twitter. Um, he sent mm. us a really cool video. So. Oh, very cool. Um, when I realized I still had business with him during the chase in the following cutscene, and then again when the bastard wouldn't fall with the crumbling bridge, I was on the verge of putting the game away for a long while. Fortunately, Snake gets to do what Snake does best in the familiar routine of dismantling a giant death machine carried me through to the end. After all is said with the struggle between Snake and Vulcan, I always feel a bit of a badass for him, for all of the different strategies employed. Yeah, that's fair. Nice. I guess I didn't consider yeah. that the Vulcan battle is effectively a one-on-one two-part boss fight then a motorcycle chase then a motorcycle boss <laughs> yeah there's a lot to that battle yeah it's pretty good i think it might be one of the most bombastic battles in metal gear because i think everything wow. else is pretty much kind of like sequestered like the ocelot fight is just like at the top of a at the top of a ship, and mm, then the yeah. Metal Gear fight is just like in a tiny little arena. I think this is the first time mm-hmm. that a boss fight, so maybe other than like Liquid sprawling. Snake, yeah, it's the first time that it's been like so big. Yeah, yeah, because Liquid was on the Jeeps then. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother, <laughs> um, brother. But yeah, I think that pretty much puts a nice little bow on the year, you guys. Um, hey, Alessia. Hey. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So. And you can cut this out if you don't want this in the episode, but I, I, you mentioned front mission. Are we going to cover left alive for the show? Um, I don't know. I guess because of the, um, Shinkawa. Yeah. Yeah. Yoji Shinkawa connection possibly. Yeah. I guess. So let's talk a little bit about, um, 2019 plans. Um, just kind of candidly one second. I'm totally about to sneeze. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Sorry. Um, woo. Um, but yeah, so let's talk a little bit candidly about um, 2019 and Metal Gear Mondays. So obviously we we already talked about how we're going to do the remaster of the MGS1 season at the top of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Those episodes should be starting back up again at the top of February. But um, keep your eyes on um, MetalGearSolidPodcast.com as well as our social media um, to know that exact date. Should be first week of February. Hopefully nothing goes wrong. Um the big thing that I want to talk about, though, is so we're going to be covering Ground Zeroes, and we're going to cover the Phantom Pain. Um, kind of the big stuff at the top of my list, and I don't know if you guys are into this, like, I want to do the season that we've been talking about doing on non-Metal Gear Kojima games. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you guys are, are, are still feeling it, but, um, like, Snatcher, uh, Boktai, um, yeah. and just stuff Zone like that, uh, Police Knots. Um, yeah, Zone of the Ender second runner, the the PS4 version. I really want to give a give a shot to Mars, <laughs> Mars. <laughs> um, but after that, I think um, we've been toying around with the idea of doing like a board game season. Do you uh, really quick? Do you want to do that before Metal Gear Solid Five, Alessio? The uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> we got we have to get to five. 
Um, I'm trying to like find ways to push it back as far as oh, possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do know that we want to do a board game season, so um, we'll try to time it with the board game release of like the official board game. Um, but we want to do like Metal Gear Risk and like the Metal Gear board game, Metal Gear pen and paper game, and maybe Metal Gear Monopoly. Um, and I don't know how we're going to do that necessarily. I think we do have plans to get together at least once um, all together next year. Um, so maybe we'll just try and cram in a couple games over the course of that weekend and, and make it happen. Maybe it'll be extra ops. Who knows? Um, mm. The other big thing that I definitely wanted to do, though, was um, games inspired by Metal Gear. So, like, not parody games, but, like, um, I don't know, things like Deus Ex, Human Revolution, um, stuff like that, um, Republic, um, maybe even one of the Splinter Cell games. Um, but, yeah, I think – I don't know. I feel like I'm dancing around the answer to your question, Sam, but I think um, if all goes according to plan, like, we should have a Death Stranding season next year. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Um and then what outside of that, Death, what happens if Death Stranding comes out early in the year, like we expect, <laughs> and we have to decide between Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid Five? <laughs> I, I think we're going to cover Death Stranding. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's the ploy. Um, also, one quick thing I want to throw out there, and like, I just want to prime everybody for this. Sam and I had an idea, huh? and I don't know when it'll happen. It might be oh. for like. It might be for like a free copy of Death Stranding. It might be for a free copy of something else. Um, but we want to get like three people to uh, be selected, either through some sort of nomination process or whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll post details. But we want to do a trivia episode. Um, I really enjoy putting together trivia, and I think having like three listeners on the show answering questions about trivia uh, would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, so uh, we do want to do that in 2019. And who the fuck knows, man? Maybe uh, I don't know if it's going to happen in 2019, but maybe we'll do a Metal Gear Solid <laughs> the movie review at some point. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's just a little peek into what's coming also, next. Also, I think we're pretty pretty well set on this. I think in the fall this next year, we're going to be doing uh, another movie season, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I think it'll be good. We'll probably pick like three unique movies as opposed to however many we did, like six, no, five, where like half of them were sequels. Um, but we'll <laughs> probably do like true. three three unique films. So it'll, it might be another James Bond. Maybe we'll get old Nick Freda on the show. Um, and then uh, I do know that we've had requests to cover The Thing. Um, yeah. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. Hope you guys... Uh, enjoy listening we are going to continue to um play around with the idea of doing some remasters as well um so we may eventually remaster the metal gear solid 2 season um and kind of consolidate that somewhat Uh, but i think after that we did kind of find our voice in mgs3 so um it'll be good but yeah that's i mean i i think it's kind of the state of the union on that one um I don't know. I'm excited for 2019 and I think we've got plenty of great things to cover. So um, if you guys wouldn't mind helping get the word out and uh, letting more people know about the show, one of the big things I'm working on in January when we get back from uh, being away for the holidays is I want to get this website up. Um, And the reason for it, I don't know if we've shared this on the show, is for SEO. Um, No, I'm not just saying part of my name. I'm not saying (laughs) Alessio. 
Um, I wanted to do some blog posts and maybe even set up like uh, like a forum or something um, and do some special posts um, where maybe me, Sam, Isaac, and James can all kind of post things from time to time on the website. But to, to drive more traffic to that website would help get more eyes on the show itself. Um, and that means more listeners. That means more patrons. That means more Patreon money for us to do really fun shit like live episodes. Maybe go to, I don't know, like PAX maybe and get Woo! a table. Um, who we should we should or do Mag, that. Uh, Magfest? That'd be fun. Get we a should, table at Magfest. We should get a table at PAX because you can stay at my house and not spend money on a hotel. That's true. But yeah, so we we have a lot of shit we want to do, but in order to do some of that stuff, we need funds, and in order to do that, we need more listeners. So hopefully the website will contribute to that as well as just giving you guys more cool shit to check out. Um, Yeah, so uh, ways that you can support us if you want to assist with any of that, you can go to patreon.com slash middlegearmondays. Likewise, you can go to bit.ly slash mgmstore. And uh, if you are still shopping for late Christmas presents, shame on you. Um, Yeah, it's it's about to be January 2019. What the fuck? Oh, I know. I know. Oh, if you're shopping for presents for my birthday on January 5th. Correct. If you're shopping for Sam, consider going to bit.ly slash just a box all lowercase. Um, those Amazon purchases will put a little money in our pocket. Um, but yeah, that, that's ways that you can help. And if you don't want to financially contribute, um, just share and review on um, iTunes or anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, if you enjoy this show, just tell people about it. That that means the world to us and it helps us a lot. Um, yeah. I think outside of that, I just really quickly before we jump into plugs, want to make mention that <coughs> that the next three episodes you are going to be listening to were pre-recorded. I'm very glad to finally be able to release these. Um, oh my it God. is all of us with our good friend Alice, and we are talking about uh, female fans of Metal Gear. We are talking about um, Metal Gear Mondays on Metal Gear Mondays, and uh, we are going to be talking about the Metal Gear experience. Um, Alice and her father actually went and did the escape room in Tokyo. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be awesome, and you guys should definitely keep listening for those. So the break for you guys is really going to feel like two weeks or maybe one week, Um, but the break for me, Sam, Isaac, and James is going to be a much-needed, like, almost two months maybe like month and a half um so yeah let's uh let's plug it up sam what you what do you want to plug hi i'm billy may is here for i just got really like i don't know you surprised me for some reason um it's okay you can follow me on twitter at sanjil well that's not it's i was i tried to spell it and then i tried to say it at sanjil that's s-a-n-j-u-u-l i i do that so well every week and then this week i just fuck it up what the hell? Hey, man, it's fine. It happened to me with the uh, intro, and then it never stopped happening. Mm-hmm. Ever. Um, uh, ever. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Okay, Isaac, plugs. <laughs> I'm going to plug it right here. Um, um, at doesn't have a twit. That's my Twitter handle. Um, that's all I got. Sorry, guys. Nice. Um, you can find me at Death Mask the Divine. Uh, excuse me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, we know. 
We know. <laughs> <laughs> we know you know that we know. Uh, if you're curious about what the fuck we're talking about, go to our iTunes reviews. You know who you are. Um, anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at AC Summerfield. Uh, you can go to acsummerfield.com. Um, I was supposed to today, uh, clearly did not. I'm going to um, continue to be posting some film retrospectives before I leave for Europe. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, you can find that on my website. Um, and yeah, uh, check out Metal Gear Mondays at Metal Gear Monday on Twitter. Uh, hashtag Metal Gear Mondays. We're claiming that shit. Um, and you go to facebook.com slash Metal Gear Mondays as well as Instagram at Metal Gear Mondays. And it's fantastic. The Instagram videos are great. Um, Sam, I noticed Uh, that you posted them to Facebook once and then didn't again. Do you want to keep them exclusive? (laughs) Well, so I, I think what I'll do is like post it on Facebook every once in a while to kind of tease, tease the people. Um, so, so here's, here's my, here's my fake rationale, my real rationale for not posting it on Facebook at often. Right. I, I, I kinda want it to be my fake rationale is it's Instagram. I want it to be a little exclusive, you know. I want oh yeah, keep it exclusive. You know? No, I get keep that. Exclusive. My real rationale <laughs> is that my computer sucks and it takes forever <laughs> to export the video, so I don't like that. Um too often. So <laughs> there you go. Pick which one makes it. you feel better about it and go to Instagram at Metal Gear Mondays. Yeah, and support us on Patreon so Sam can get a new computer. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, cool. Well, don't we appreciate do, don't it. Don't do that for me to get a new computer. I don't. I don't really need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should wrap this up so that I can finish my email conversation with this lovely person who's going to sell me a Nintendo Wii for twenty dollars for <laughs> yes. an undisclosed future Metal Gear Mondays project. Yes. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, it seems like it's in the bag for tomorrow afternoon. So, congratulations, Sam. Yay. Um, and yeah, so we'll figure it out. Um, I think. I don't know. I'm trying to. I, I've been racking my brain, mm-hmm. trying to figure this out, and I've been trying to think outside the box. But I think really, <laughs> I should just think in the box, right? It's. I mean, it should just be a box. It's just a box, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess. So. Yeah. I mean, what really is a box when you think about it at the end of the day, right? It's six walls, corrugated cardboard. Six, six walls of cardboard. <laughs> What's the sixth wall, Isaac? <laughs> the the lid? The, the flaps? Whoa. <laughs> oh, God. Holy shit. This, uh, it sounds like it. it's not just a box anymore. No, it is just a box. Just a box. Just a box.